What's up, folks? This is Justin, and you are listening to the Welcome to Your Doom Show. This is episode number 61, and Uttal and I, along with our very special guest, Antoine, are talking about the 1998 classic, Blade. To my knowledge, it was the first very successful Marvel Comics film put on screen, and probably one of the best, at least in our opinion. So we hope you like the episode. We gush over it for a while. Uttal's been waiting about 23 years to actually do this podcast, so he had a fuck ton of notes. So uh, enjoy the episode. It's very long, but you can stop and start again whenever you'd like. Um, we hope you enjoy it. Thank you very much, as always, for listening. If you're watching us on YouTube, thank you for watching. Um, if you're not watching us on YouTube, go check us out. We're at youtube.com slash welcome to your doom and like and subscribe and do all that stuff. I think it helps us with the YouTube YouTube algorithm, apparently. In any case, thanks again. We love you all. And let's get the episode started. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to your doom. What's up, folks? This is the Welcome to Your Doom Show. I'm Justin. My name is Atul Katru. And we have a special guest today with us, Antoine. You have returned again since... What was the last one that you, you were with us for? I think it was... I think it was you were definitely with, with Spider-Man, but I think that you did one after that, too. You didn't... Weren't you mm. with us? Mm. Well, no, I think it was Spider-Man Spider Far From Home. Uh, it, was just a, it was just a really long episode. Yeah. So, <laughs> so maybe, maybe that's why you feel that way. You know what it was? I, it was uh, we did the animated um, Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles yes, with my and brother. Yes, I you after that. Yes, and it, and the reason I'm associating you guys was like because I think we only did two recordings in that space, and it was you and my brother. So that's why yeah. I'm associating it. So yeah, yeah I man, think it's yeah, good I, to have you back. I think we oh, recorded that. Uh, I think we recorded that uh, TMNT episode in the same at your parents' place too. Yes, like it was yes, the same. Yeah, yeah. Like we were down downstairs. Yeah, it was the same. It was the same setup. Um, Antoine, what's up, man? Ah, oh, man, just living that COVID life. <laughs> yeah, seriously, seriously, like the rest of us. Uh, what have you been watching, reading, listening to? What's what's been on? Like, I mean, you, you're at you. I guess with the COVID life, you're able to. There's a larger intake of nerd content. Is that right? Is that is that true? Uh, I've kind of been. Yeah, I, I, short answer, yes. Short answer, yes. Um, I just been. Haven't been reading much, and that's my New Year's resolution or New Year's goal, whatever the fuck you want to call them now. Um, yeah, yeah. It's to start yeah. reading more. Um, so my wife got me some books that I haven't cracked the spine yet on, but you know, is it like are a, you are you trying to read like fiction, nonfiction? Is it a type of thing, or is it just like just getting back just, into just getting proof. back into reading again? Okay, so she bought right. me. She purposely bought me like three Spider-Man books. Like, yeah, yeah. So just yeah. so she's like, oh, here's three Spider-Man books. I know you'll read them. At least you'll yeah. open them. <laughs> you know, if I give you a Stephen King book, you're not going to open it. That's so funny. It's like, that's how you lure someone back into reading. It's like, here's Spider-Man books, and we will start from there. And then we'll go from there. Baby steps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So I cracked the spine on one, but I haven't really gotten really into it. I read like the first, first chapter. So I'm not going to count that as reading it. Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know. But uh, yeah, shows, TV yeah. shows, we've been consuming so much. Like, yeah, 
everything we a lot of comedy recently just to kind of get your mind away from everything just kind of shut your mind off sure yeah um and my wife and i are going through the whole uh mcu all over again because she never got to she never got to go all the way through it it's like she yeah she picked pieces out and came to me on certain days and whatever but she didn't watch all of them so right now we're going through phase one we're at avengers we're gonna watch that tonight actually nice Um, so we can watch avengers one together uh and then we're gonna start phase two tomorrow that's wild, man. You're you're not the first one in like recently to say that they're doing this. Like, I feel like I missed a memo or something like that. I because like there's a few other folks that are doing it. Uh, some coworkers are doing that, and even my wife Shugu, she was like, "Oh, I'm gonna start and watch the MCU from kind of like the beginning." And I'm like, "What's what's going on?" Yeah, I, like I missed a meeting or something. I don't know what's going on. But... You missed you missed the memo, bro. Like yeah, it's yeah. a mass email. I'm sure you I'm sure you were on the trail. I can double check if you're on it. No, no, you know, uh Antoine, I'm a I'm a DC fan. I don't get those I don't get those memos, bro. Oh, that's right. Okay. Right. <laughs> but uh, you're undercover. You're I'm like, undercover. You're this, like yeah, exactly. when he came to my house. He had on both shirts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't know what he was walking into, so he wore a Marvel shirt and the DC shirt. <laughs> um but you know, you know what's what's funny about that is that today we are going to talk about we are we are going to talk about uh, the progenitor of like the uh, the MCU. What word is that? What are you doing? Don't use words like progenitor. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not word. even sure I'm using that right. So let's just, but let's just go with it and pretend I'm smart. Um, Sounds yeah, like we, another gender. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say progender. Progenitor. That's what I thought you said it. No, no, no. Um, yeah, we're going to be talking <laughs> about. Uh, the original Blade from uh, Stephen Norrington, uh, starring Wesley Snipes, uh, was released in 1998. So kind of not the first, uh, you know, I'm not sure if it's the first Marvel theatrical films. Because like Howard the Duck came out at some point. Yeah, Howard the Duck. There was a couple of old uh, Captain America films. Um, yeah, late were... 80s, early 90s. Punisher, Punisher came at Dolph Lundgren, right? Dolph Lundgren's did yeah. before, yeah, that yeah, too. yeah. But Bla- guess, I, Blades yeah. was really the the first big theatrical release that was successful, I believe. I don't I know, guess, I guess you could say that probably like big successful, um, Marvel like uh film, I guess. Um, I so is there, uh, I'm, I'm just curious, uh. Uh, Antoine, like, have you like what have you seen lately that you've like before we jump into Blake? Because I'm just I'm just kind of curious. Like, what have you yeah. seen lately that you're kind of like want to call out and be like, this is a good thing. You guys should check this out. If you haven't watched Wandavision, watch Wandavision. Wandavision, yeah. yeah. I WandaVision. saw a couple of episodes with uh, with Jagu, um, and it looks like a very it's a it's got that clean production. Like, I don't know how to say it, but it's a very clean production value. It's it felt a lot like the Mandalorian in that yes. way. Like, yes. it's very very polished the whole thing you know mm-hmm. cool cool um, yeah so wandavision recommend that wandavision was my wife and i watched it together that was one of the ones that we had to watch like i had to wait for her uh, yeah yeah because she wanted to she wanted to catch up so right yeah right, yeah uh got released on fridays i'm sitting here in my office i got a little tv up here i can watch it but she's like no wait wait for me so that's <laughs> gonna be saturday morning um no if i'm gonna call out anything would be wandavision for sure um you guys already talked about it the Zack snyder cut of justice league Sure, sure yeah that's something you definitely have to watch if you haven't watched it yet mm. uh no those two are the ones that stand out the most for me anything else yeah i probably forgot about it but cool. those two cool. if you haven't watched any of those two you definitely are missing out i'll second wandavision as well um 
it starts off really, really weird and interesting, kind of goes into a different, like it, it, it's, it's got kind of peaks and valleys to it. It starts off at a high level for me, kind of goes down and then back up throughout, throughout the series. But it's ultimately kind of, it's neat. It's just, it's, it's a neat, it's a neat show that did a lot of different things. And you could, it, it was kind of neat the way that it took its inspirations from different, um, different types of sitcom genres and eras. So it was kind of, it was neat to see how they, they played it. And they, it, it was, I don't know, I don't want to give away too much, but it was ultimately, I feel like you'd like it. I haven't started watching um, Winter Soldier, Falcon and the Winter Soldier yet. Yeah, I watched the first episode of that. That's why I haven't recommended it yet, because I only watched the first episode. How did you like the first one, though? I found it pretty good. It was a good okay. start. Um, the end, the, the last scene of the first episode, I was kind of like, we're already doing this. I was kind of yeah. like, oh, we're already stepping into that. Jumping realm. in. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm like, we're jumping in both feet first. Like, okay, okay we didn't even get our toes yet. We just right into it. So I was like, okay. That's all right. I mean, yeah. I'm okay with that. They I'm only got what eight or eight or ten episodes that they're playing with. So the, the sooner they start off, the better. Yeah, yeah. I think Anthony Mackie's a, a, a an excellent actor, and I think that he is a very fun character in Falcon. And uh, what's his name? Sebastian Stan is uh, is Bucky. I think. I think yeah. that's the actor's yeah. name. Yep. That's his name yeah. And yep. he he plays that character pretty well too. But I I like you could see the clash in Civil War between the two characters, and I feel like you're going to get kind of a fun. You're gonna get kind of a fun buddy cop type of thing going on in a world that's bigger than just a buddy cop kind of mm-hmm. scenario. So I, I don't know. I'm excited to see it. Basically, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just happy to see Anthony Mackie in something where he is finally a star character. Like he's he's the man, not a side star, not a co-star. He's the key guy in the storyline. So I'm mm-hmm. just happy to see him step outside of that shadow of somebody else. And, you know, being a person of color, you know, I'm not going to try and play that card, but I'm going to sure. say, like, I'm glad that he's out there and doing something else other than sitting behind somebody else. Because, like, I think the last thing I saw him in was The Banker, and he's behind Samuel Jackson. It's on um, Apple TV. Oh, okay. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're yeah. talking about. Yes, yeah. yeah, so that's the last thing I saw him in. That's a really good movie, too. Um, but, like, again, he's another side character. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a co-star where I'm like, he could have led this movie and Samuel could have taken a backseat. Like they could have reversed the roles and it would have been the same, that good of a movie still. He's actually a main in a couple series on Netflix right now. I haven't seen. Um, he, it's the second season of whatever Joel McKinney. McKin- Mc, uh, Joel McKinnon. Uh, is that Alter I was gonna Carbon? Say McKinnon, uh, McKinnon, but- McKinnon. Alter Carbon or whatever it's called. Alter I Carbon, think so. I yeah. think he's the lead in the second season. And then there's another one that's out now and I don't know the name of it, but I know I've seen his face on it. So, I mean, he's... He's getting starring roles just right now, not in big box office films yet, but mm-hmm. I'm hoping that's what this leads to because yeah. Falcons, I don't know. I, I really liked his, when they introduced him in Winter Soldier, I thought he was great. Just the, yeah. the scenes with him and in, in, in Evans were anyways. On your left. On your left. That's it. <laughs> big, um, such a, oh man, now I'm flashing back to, to Endgame. That, that was such a good moment. On your yeah. left. On your left. <laughs> Uh, it's it's interesting you mention uh, Anthony Mackie kind of like headlining headlining movie because I I recently saw something he was in and he's he's basically two two leads to that movie but the, there's a heavy focus on him it's a movie it's the movie's called Synchronic and it's um I think it's out now but uh, I'd say kind of like science fiction thriller. Mm-hmm. Um, 
in very, very interesting premise. It's from these two directors that have directed two other very interesting existential science fiction kind of films with like some Lovecraftian like elements to them. So that's why I was very excited to see. This is kind of the first movie they got a lot, like you could, it's clear they got a lot more money to do. And it's the first movie that they themselves didn't, didn't star in. So I think that the two guys' names are Benson and Moorhead and they direct their writing. I think they're also writing it. They also started the first two movies, I believe, but Synchronic is the first one they got like a, like a big cast a little bit of money and it was really interesting to see how creative they could get it's not a hit on like every level but it, it it's got a good lead performance from anthony mackie in my in my opinion that's something that stood out to me so yeah. if you're looking for something else that he's kind of like he's headlining definitely check out synchronic if, if yeah that is my list then for sure cool cool um all right i think uh i think we can we can dive right in what do you guys think how do you guys feel Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. That's good. All right. Um, let's uh, find out why some motherfuckers are trying to ice skate uphill. <laughs> this is Blade. All right. Like I mentioned, sorry. Go ahead. Like I mentioned, Blade was in 1998. All right. Uh, but this character, uh, this character was created in 1973 um, by Marvel Comics writer Marv Wolfman. Which is just a great main. I love this guy, and he's done a lot of a lot of a yeah. lot of stuff. He's created a lot of characters, um, uh, and artist Gene Colan, uh, sorry Colan. Uh, sorry, I just made myself laugh because I'm a fucking child. Uh, so as a, he was a supporting character in a 1970s comic uh, called The Tome of Dracula. And I don't know if you guys have actually seen some of these panels for where he's first introduced. He looks much different than the wesley snipes blade uh but it, it is it is him essentially fighting dracula um so you've got this like really old character and a little bit of uh, i just wanted to give a, a couple of like little tidbits of like the making of this movie like wesley snipes was trying to get uh blank pa black panther made uh yes. in the 90s yes, he and uh, yes. he just couldn't do it and i also remember him trying to work on luke cage as well like those two properties i feel like he may have flip-flopped between the two but black panther he may have gotten a little further along in the in that on that process but could never push it over the edge um so then this you know this character of blade comes up david goyer uh, writes the script for this uh for this movie and wesley snipes uh, you know, signs signs up to play this character. But if you, this character doesn't have like this crazy like following. It's not, he's not a super popular Marvel character. So they really just, you know, they 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 modernized him. They, they didn't, they're not beholden to any kind of like uh, fan baggage, I guess you could say. So then they really just like, they changed a lot of things about him uh, and they modernized him and they were able to have that sort of creative control. So, you know, this movie is the, is the movie that they, uh, they kind of came up with. Um, so 1998, I would have been 14 when, when I saw this movie for the first time. How old, how old were you guys when, when this movie came out? You're going to do quick math up. now, Rob? Yeah. Uh, so, oh, 13. sorry. You know, I, um, I, I would have been 13. Yeah, I okay. was 13 or 14 yeah yeah all right so like you're basically like teenagers like young mm -hmm. teenagers when, when this movie came out i'm just curious like antoine what's what, do you remember the first time you watched this movie 
I do remember the first time I watched this movie. Tell me, tell, actually tell went, us a little bit. I actually about that. went to the theater to watch this movie. Oh, you went to the theater? I went to the yep. theater to watch this movie. No, you used way. to go to theaters, you know? Back Say, yeah, the I remember that. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, went to the theater to go watch this. I went with my boy, I think I went with my buddy Dwayne, my buddy Ryan, and my buddy Brandon. There was always like, there was always us. Four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Full roster. Yeah. Like it. We went and saw it, and I was just in, like, man, there's just a, First off, it was rated R, so I had to get someone else to buy my ticket. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that's the other interesting thing about like, this. It is a rated yeah. R film. Rated R. So, so yeah. I had to get someone else to buy my ticket. Lucky for me, we at the AMC on Courtney Park. And, yes. Uh, yes, Courtney yes. Park. <laughs> they had that weird setup where like yeah. the, the ticket taker is like right in the middle, like right when you walk in, and then once you pass them, it's free reign, go to any theater you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just like got someone to buy me an eight a, a ticket and then when they asked me for my i didn't have an idea so i wouldn't have my id today and i just walked in and i just went to the theater i wanted to go to um but no i just remember watching that movie and then just thinking how cool blade was like yeah, yeah. how awesome he was wesley Stubbs did such a great job and then trying to remember him on how i remember him on on the pages and then also how i remembered him in the animated series for spider-man because he so had like, was a that series was that Spider-Man. out was that that those episodes you're talking about? Like, I guess yeah. it was Morbius, um, the living Morbius vampire. Were out. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were already out. Like, I remember. Interesting. Those were already out. I think by then. I. Yeah. Uh, it's so strange. You know, I. I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. Actually, I've just figured it out in my head why I think they weren't out. But uh, but yeah. So you went to actually see this in the, in the theater. That's yeah. awesome. That is awesome. And it was it was something that you immediately liked. It wasn't something like oh, that yeah. you were thinking about or anything that hit you later. It was like an immediate, no. like, yo, this is dope. I think what caught me the first was like the fight scenes right away. Yeah. Like, the Wesley yeah. Sex fight scenes is just just anytime he's in a fight scene, it just so dope. Yeah, yeah. Like I can't find another word to just to explain and subscribe or subscribe. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Describe. Yeah, <laughs> that's a note. So thank you for watching yeah. us on YouTube. If you yeah. please would like, like subscribe. and subscribe. <laughs> like and subscribe. Yeah. <laughs> that's um, yeah. awesome. Awesome, dude. Yeah. Uh Justin. Sim- similar story, actually. And it very well might have been Courtney Park that that I managed to sneak into. We do the let's buy a ticket for another movie and then sneak into this one. And then it's a classic move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a big time move. Antoine, uh, you 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 went the you made it a little hard on yourself. You actually bought you bought a ticket for the rated R movie and then got in and then got in, which is yeah. I mean, look, oh, yeah, hey, you ask somebody to buy you a ticket. Yeah, that's yeah, that's hard. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah, true. But then you could, you like you said, you could potentially get carded later when you're going to actually see the movie. Yeah. I, I remember pulling this stunt. Uh, I guess the same stunt that you, Justin, had. I can't remember what movie it was, but buying a ticket for one movie and then just like going to see. You know what it was? I don't know if you guys remember this movie. Hmm. It was the Black Mask with Jet Li. Do you guys recall this? I film do at all. I do recall I that. Don't remember that? Man, no that movie. Um. Yeah. Anyway, there's a, there's a story there. And the movie is complete and utter fucking insanity. It's so <laughs> insane. Uh, anyway, uh, yes. So I, uh, w- I'm very familiar with that with that maneuver, Justin. But you went to see in the theater as well. Was that yeah. again? Was that kind of like an immediate like, or was that something you kind of took away after a couple of days, or it hit you later? No, or... no. It it was an immediate like. I think I fell in love with it. I mean, the movie opens with arguably one of the best 
best opening scenes on fucking film. I yeah. just, it, and it's not only is it one of the best scenes, it's just one of the best action scenes. It comes out guns a blazing. Yeah. And I realized that Blade is the superpower of not getting any blood on his shit the entire time, despite <laughs> the amount of the amount of like he's punching people covered in blood. His knuckles aren't getting any blood on it. He later in the film, a character explodes in front of him. He goes like this and nothing hits him. Yeah. He remains immaculate throughout the whole film. And in that opening scene where everybody's covered in a shower of blood. I'm pretty sure he was under sprinklers. And for some reason, when he's introduced, he's still not covered in anything. I, I Yeah, we'll talk about that in a moment. We'll actually step through the plot of, of this movie. But there's uh, nothing about the plot. The man doesn't get blood on. I, I'm convinced. The, I'm convinced that the Bill Paxton lookalike guy at the beginning of the film grabbed him and there was no blood on him, despite the guy being covered in blood. It's incredible. I don't know how he manages to say so immaculate, but he does. Um, anyway, I'm almost entirely sure it's in his contract. But <laughs> so my point was, I like the opening scene. Yes, yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah. Th there's a few other moments in the film too that that really stuck with me. I, I remember having such a good time with the with the movie. I my my only history with Blade as a character, I knew him as a Marvel character. I never read anything about him, but I remembered liking him from the Spider-Man animated series. Mm -hmm. um, granted, in the series, he was more he had a lot more futuristic types of armaments and but it, i mean he was still the same he was a vampire hunter that was a half vampire yeah. and um just kind of seemed like a cool character in that but this movie ramped it up and you see a lot of visual things in this movie that it's funny that until i started thinking about it today because i knew we were going to do this podcast um until i started thinking about it today I started thinking of even more movies that I feel like this movie might have influenced in some ways. And maybe maybe that's a stretch, maybe not. I know Atul and I have had talks about how, how some comparisons between this and the Matrix series. Um, oh, and yeah. I'm sure you're I'm sure you're yeah. going to bring that up. Yeah. But um, yeah. but also like I see I see comparisons with like John Wick, for instance, and we can, mm -hmm. we can dig into that in a little bit. more. Yeah. Bit, yeah. But yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, overall, love the movie. Um I can't remember who I, I wish I remember who I had seen it with. I think I know one guy, but I, I haven't talked to that guy in a long time. He's a good guy though. He was a good guy. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure he's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. So you guys, what, here's a, here's a weird thing. I didn't go to see this movie in the theater. Um, mm. I, I actually, I remember seeing trailers for it when I, you know, when it was coming out and I, I completely wrote the movie off. I was just like, ah, eh. I am not gonna. I'm not gonna watch this. this the trailers were good. What the hell? No, I don't know what I was thinking. I, maybe it wasn't a negative thing. Maybe it was more of like it's a rated R thing, and I'm not like I wasn't interested for whatever reason. I can't remember why. I just like ah, I wasn't interested. What was I watching? I'm not sure what I was watching at the time, but you know, maybe I was in my uh, like arty farty getting into like arty. I don't know. It was 14. What the hell was I doing? I don't know what I was thinking. It should have been should have been catnip for me, but. Um, but uh, I actually saw the movie on <laughs> I actually saw the movie on VHS. Uh, oh, blockbuster, huh? Blockbuster yeah. Well, video. no, actually, yeah, someone bought it for me, actually. Oh. So I had like an like an original copy, popped it in, saw the first ex first scene and I could literally feel like my brain like expanding when that scene when that first when the bloodbath scene came on. I'm like, what is this? Like, what is this? Like everything. We're talking about like the soundtrack, the music, the the way that the film looked, that sort of 
uh, that sort of like um, basically Hong Kong action style of like like action style, which is which wasn't common in American films. Not uh, so I was seeing action that I'd never seen action film like this before. Uh, and and Wesley Snipes was just so fucking cool, like just yeah. cool. Right. Uh, and uh, so all of these things kind of like. I, my brain just kind of like soaked it all up and, but I completely missed it in theaters. And that is why I think I thought that the Spider-Man animated series episodes you guys are referencing had come before the film, because I think I saw those episodes before I saw Blade. They, they, did come out. It did. The it did sorry. Out. Uh, sorry. Um, after, I, I mean to say after. Sorry. Out, I, mean, sorry. Right. I, I saw those. I saw those episodes. Oh, okay. I see. What you're I, so I, yeah. No. Never mind. You're right. I did see them before. If I'm recalling, no, I did see that I know before. about this Spider-Man animated series. I think Blade came into the mix in the third, maybe fourth season, and the movie came. Or sorry, the the series started. I want to say in '94. Yeah. 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 It did. So, no, it you're right. You're close. right. Sorry. It might have been close to around the same time. No, but, but I, I, I think it, it was before. But at the time, like VHS would have came out, like it would have been like whatever six months. Oh, it would have been well before that. Yeah, it would have been like six months later. So for sure, for sure I don't know what the yes. hell I was thinking. For sure, I would have seen those episodes before, uh, before the movie came out. But uh, but yeah, so I mean, we I really want to kind of do this review because this is a this is such a huge movie for me uh, when I was growing up, and then when I you know like after I saw it, I would make I would I would be like I'd recommend it to everyone. I'd be like, everybody go watch this movie. You got, they're like, ah, I don't know. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that was me until I saw it. And then I loved it. Right. So you guys, yeah. you absolutely need to check this movie out. And it's kind of like a big one in my family too, because you know, that VHS made the rounds, right? Like, you know, and, uh, and everyone saw it whenever we'd have family get togethers, like my, even my, even my wife uh, who were family friends, like from way back in the day, and they'd be at some of these family, like, like uh, gatherings and stuff like that. She even remembers all of us sitting around the TV watching this movie. Yeah. Like Blade. So um, does Nisha. Blade, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Brotherhood yes. of the Wolf. Brotherhood um, of the Wolf. Blade. There's another and, um, one too. There's another sure there's... one that was a common one. I yeah. Yeah. So, so Nisha, uh, Justin's, Justin's wife is also like a family friend of mine. So yeah. back in the day, these gatherings that were, uh, you know, we, she'd be there too. And I'm sure she, she was one of the people forced to watch. Blade. She doesn't have good things to say about <laughs> no, it. No, she has none. She has no, no good things. To say. It's so, it's so funny. I totally, I, I forgot about that, that she would have been there too when that happened. But, um, but yeah, just like so it's such a big thing. And then Antoine, when we were doing the, uh, the Spider-Man episode. Mm. Yeah, we were talking about our favorite like Marvel films, and then you dropped Blade. I'm like, oh god! Like the, when we review Blade, we got to have Antoine here to yeah no, to talk no. about this. So so just a discretion, uh, you know, like just to be completely transparent with all of our listeners, this is going to be like a, a like a love fest for for <laughs> the first Blade movie, yeah. and then we're we're actually planning to do the other two films as well. So for the second one. And, uh, you know, all of, uh, for the second one and third one, hopefully Antoine, you can, you can join us and we can do those as well. But, um, yeah, this is going to be a total love fest, but I'm, I'm just like, I'm happy to do it because I want to be able to talk about this again. It's been such a long time since I'd seen this movie. So I'm, uh, and I, you know, in watching it recently, it really brought back a lot of fun, a lot of fun memories. Um, so I was thinking we could, we can jump into the plot, just kind of like work our way, work our way through the movie. Does that sound mm -hmm. good guys? 
Let's yeah. do it. All right. Immediately off the bat, uh, we get the new line cinema logo. Okay. It is we're starting with the logo. You were yeah. not playing around. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not playing. No, I know. I know. I'm not Clay playing. I'm already <laughs> making notes. <laughs> yeah, no, the reason the, yeah, the reason I mentioned this is because that was the first thing I noticed when I watched it for the first time was that the logo was altered to fit the movie. And I don't know if you guys noticed this, like it, they do do this uh, every once in a while with with certain films. They'll change the logo to make it to make it fit the movie, like the Fox logo, for example, uh, on the X-Men movies. I think some of them when the when the fade to black happens, the X on Fox stays on the screen for like an extra second or two. Uh, so like like cool, like custom custom changes uh, to, to logos and stuff. So I noticed that right away. I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. And it's all red. Then we get our opening scene, um, which, uh, uh, in, I guess in my mind was like, uh, the, the reason this scene was so amazing to me and like brought in my mind was because there's a, there was a lot of like, so like, so I was 14, you know, there's a kind of like a lot of, in this whole movie, there's a lot of taboo stuff, like, uh, like not taboo, but like, kind of like stuff that, that I was like, not really i hadn't seen before was maybe told that this is strange or like whatever kind of afraid of what was different uh because you've got um now i've forgotten her name but she's actually an adult film star uh the girl who's playing the role of the the woman who's taking this guy to this party did we see the same film yeah what just check just checking well, no, no, she's she's actually this isn't an adult. Blade of Porn parody. Right? No, no, it's not. No, no, no. She's actually an adult film star who they hired in this movie. So, so she like when she brings this guy into. First of all, you're in this like meatpacking plant, which is like disgusting. Are you and, sure this isn't a porno? Yeah, that I saw. I'm, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm almost entirely porn star, sure. meatpacking district. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what's going on here. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sorry. sure. I'm pretty sure. So I'll stop, I'll stop fucking with you as you go. So 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 I guess the point is that there's like a, for me there was kind of like this weird like sensuality that wasn't that I'd never seen before, right? So like when she goes in, like she immediately starts dancing with another girl instead of her boyfriend, and the whole scene is super uncomfortable. And he's just getting like pushed around or whatever. And then the blood sprinklers come down and it's super, super disgusting. And so I was just like uncomfortable the entire time. I remember watching the movie. I'm just like, what's like, what am I going to see next? Like the whole, the whole scene builds up to this moment. Um, and, and then like blade shows up and then an action scene that also shows me a ton of shit that I've never, ever seen before yes. comes up. So I had this combination of like, this is kind of a weird setup to, Oh, like, you know, like, again, like not being super familiar with like, you know, girls and sexuality and stuff. And then these two girls start dancing with each other and then the blood sprinklers come down and I'm like, Oh, this is fucking disgusting. Like it's all these like feelings mashed together and then this action scene happens and i'm just like i've never seen anything like this before it was just like mind explosion after mind explosion happening uh on on this thing also i noticed and i do remember noticing this after i'd seen repeat viewings in the past but Stephen dorf is actually in the intro and i didn't uh like the deacon frost character he's he's at the club yes in the intro yeah, that's right yes he, is. he bumps yeah, he into is. him yes yeah yeah. Right. yeah yeah so um so yeah like I, that was something i don't really remember but when i was watching it now i'm like holy shit he's 
he's there. And I, I don't remember that happening, but, uh, but yeah, so we get this big action scene and we got new order confusion, this song that I listened to a ton after watching this movie, uh, the song that they're playing at the club. So uh, how did you guys feel about this action scene? Is there anything you wanted to talk about specifically here? Uh, I, the unique action is a very big thing in this. There was a couple of moments in it that I, I remember really, really liking. There was the, um, he like triple uppercuts a guy and then also sticks a, he goes boom, boom. And then a third time with the, the, steak. the spike. The yeah. Steak, yeah. Steak. Sorry. That's oh yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. That, that shot always gets me. I always think that's a, that's a great shot. And also when he boomerangs basically his uh, his shotgun, not yeah. not the the, yeah. the S blade or whatever, but when yeah. he runs out of run, runs out of shells, and then he actually just kind of does this weird like, I, it's like the police baton kind of swing, but he does it in a way that it <laughs> yeah. ends up catap- or, or boomeranging it out and trips a guy. He just, um, he threw it to trip one dude, one dude, and I was and like, he tripped I think him real good. I think he was just like, I'm done with this gun. He was bored with this gun. I'm gonna switch to the other gun and then he got bored of that gun and then he's like I, i'm gonna switch to my sword because you know he's just trying to keep himself on his toes yeah i guess yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was also and this is super awful but i um that moment where he takes out his sword where he's out of all of his armaments and he's down to his sword and he does the the you know does the line on the ground i always that always played really really well with me i always thought that was a oh really yeah cool dude scene. i fucking love that to the point, and Antoine, I think you'll appreciate this, to the point where I actually incorporated it into my basketball game. <laughs> I, If there were people that wouldn't step up on me, if I had a, if I had an open shot, I would fuck with them and take my leg or to take my foot and draw a line in front of me, and then I'd shoot. I wasn't a good enough shooter to justify doing that, but when I went in, it felt pretty good. <laughs> so I, I, I can't remember if the if that if that movie was or if Blade was the the inspiration for that, or if I'd seen it somewhere else and just started copying somebody. But I'm pretty sure I I think I got it from. Anyways, long story short, I really like that part of the scene. It was just it, yeah. it's just a, it's just an another ounce of style that you don't see in these types of uh, in these types of action scenes that often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I still just I, I'm still waiting for an explanation from somebody about how he had no blood on him. That's all. <laughs> yeah. So I, I you know, I don't think he's actually in the room when the sprinklers goes off. I bet you he was coming in. in the doorway. I think he's in the doorway. Yeah, he's in the yeah. door. He was yeah, he, he brought an umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> um, Antoine, anything, anything about this scene that you want to chat yeah. about? Anything? Yeah. So for me, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. The cinematography for the the scene where his mother is giving birth to him oh yes that's right yeah, yeah skipped that, i skipped that, that that kind of trips me up a little bit too because i like i like the way that was shot they give a yep. glimpse of her name you see who she is because she does eventually come back into the story after yes later on in the movie played um, by uh santa lanthan or lanthan i think that's yeah. that's her name but she was uh the girl from love and basketball L- oh and oh, oh and uh alien versus predator mm-hmm I think she's the lead no in way. Alien vs. Predator. Yeah. yeah. She was yeah. the only likable character in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look, uh, yeah. we should talk about that movie sometime. But anyway, yeah. But then to go back to that, now to go into the scene that were the opening scene, like the, the true opening scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the the blood spray, like everyone partying. And that, that yeah. scene always gets me every single, every single time I watch this movie. I'm, I tell everybody, don't sit down. You can get up, like if you have to go to the washroom or go get a snack or whatever, get, or refill your drink. Wait till the scene is over, yeah. Like, then, then leave. 
Yeah. Yep. Um, and then, like, again, like I said before, the fight sequences in this, like, I don't think Wesley had a, a stand in at all uh, for any of these fight scenes. I think he helped choreograph, if not all of these fight scenes, he definitely had a big hand in it. And yeah, plays to like it plays certainly plays to his strength. And he's a yeah, he's he's fast. I think yes. that was the one thing that struck me about Wesley Sups in any of his films when he um, in any of his choreography is that he was extremely fast with his hands. Mm-hmm. So uh, they play into that big time, like in this movie, I yeah. think um, the the like you, you mentioned the cinematography, Stephen Norrington. A little bit on the director. This guy came out of special effects and like makeup effects and stuff like that. Uh, and he had directed a movie earlier. And then this was his second feature, but his first big feature. Um, very, very young director. Mm-hmm. And everything, I, uh, the commentary on the, the DVD and like, uh, you know, anything I've read online is that he was tough to work with uh, because he was a he was like a perfectionist. And but he's also like he's also him and David Fincher, I think we're friends because David Fincher was supposed to direct this movie and he dropped out and he ended up directing something. I think it might have he might have switched over to Fight Club. Um, but that's what we're talking about here is like the, the, the this like level of visionary. I think that Stephen Norrington is tough to work with, but it's so clear he had an absolute crystal clear idea of what he wanted this movie to look like. Yeah. It's this like urban, uh, uh, it's this urban sort of dirty, grimy, uh, gritty look to, to the movie with the fast paced, like East Asian style, like of action choreography. Like uh, some, some little things that I noticed, like the camera shake. Uh, there's yeah. a lot of like camera shake that make these moves feel like they hit so hard, especially that dude who gets the stake in the chin and gets stuck to the roof. Like yeah. when he does that, like all the, the sound editing, the way, the way it looks, the, the, and, and the, the hand, some somewhat handheld style of the camera, like the camera shake, everything adds to that. And not at, and no point in this action scene was I like disoriented about what's going on, who was moving where, who are, mm-hmm. so even with a lot of this, like hyper, like there was, you know, like very well edited scene, I still got all the geography of like, where these folks are and what and what's happening um so so that that girl's name is tracy lords the the actress who's playing this this uh this woman who's bringing bringing this dude in so the way she gets it also was another thing where i remember the watching for the first time i'm like what the hell am i watching this is insane i don't know if you guys remember how she dies she gets the butt of a shotgun in the box and then gets her like head blown off with the shotgun so that one always confused me. And here's yeah. why is that I He's, thought that he tried to shoot her. Yes. And, and he wasn't cocked. Oh. <laughs> or really? <Tracy> words. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard the immature jokes I started with around porn? I'm just, I'm really, just, is look, that I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to run from this, man. I'm just, feed, I'm feeding the he, beast he, at this he, point. He's jumping right into it. I'm feeding the beast. Jesus. Anyways, yeah, he it, it seems like it's a misfire or it's not loaded, but then he hits and does I was just really confused. I thought, oh, I thought he was out of bullets. Yeah, but I he was had, confused about he that too. Still had one. I just anyways. That yeah, always yeah. stuck with me as a weird choice. I just it, I remember seeing that and thought that was weird. Yes. No, no, you're absolutely good. right. Yeah, I, you're absolutely right. But the way she goes is it's it's spectacular. 
like the way she i'm like what why like why why this whole the and and i guess that's my general sentiment on this movie is like it takes these crazy risks like these crazy risks and we'll get into some of these later later but um but yeah actually you know what it makes more sense that it was a misfire because then he wouldn't he wouldn't have to he wouldn't have to load like cock the shotgun again he would just have to pull the trigger again maybe it worked i don't know yeah. uh but we did he he gun butts her in the box and blows her head off it's nuts it's totally nuts um and what else about that scene the sword fight oh and the the, the sort of the 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 vampire kills so like yeah every vampire movie has to kind of deal with certain mythology when they're introducing like their their version of the vampire so you got like you know you're are you are you doing the stakes and holy water crosses are you bringing in all the like the religious stuff the christian religious stuff mm-hmm. are you are you building your own mythology when vampires die what happens to them you know like making these decisions these creative decisions what do you how do you guys think about what do you guys think about these vampires and in particular how they die? How they go to dust? Yeah, yeah. Cause yeah. It's, you know, like every every I feel like every show or movie has to make a choice on that. And I really, really, really loved the choices they made for like how they kind of very quickly, very rapidly combust, basically. Yeah, if, I guess if it's we like, look at it two different ways, like there's I think there's two different kinds of deaths for these guys. Um, yeah. There's the ones who are the originals. Yes. I'll call it the originals. And then they light up on fire. Like they, he lit up like a goddamn fucking Roman candle. And like, yeah. Yeah. Burnt, I was going to say that. Shit. I thought that, up. yeah, I thought then, that, yeah, I thought that might've been because it was sunlight that they were killing him with. Maybe. But, maybe, yeah. but like the way he it was burnt just up was kind of weird. Huh? Sorry, sorry. <laughs> just because it was Udo Care, man. Udo Care. When Udo Care finally bites the, you know, like hit, uh, you know, dies. He's is he gonna go out like that? Is you think he's gonna be on his deathbed and he's just gonna explode? <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> burst into flames and then blow up. <laughs> That's that seems like a thing that he would do. That guy. That guy is no joke. Anyway, yeah. So you were saying, so you had this one type yeah. of death, and then you have sort then, of the. I think the ones who are like not originals who are turned, they yeah, turned to dust. Right. So right. And I yeah. think they did a really good job with the amount of technology that they had back in that day. Like, let's, so let's, let's t- be completely honest. That is, yeah. Well, you okay, watch it now, and you're like, "Whoa, that is really bad CG." But now, but when you think about it, back then, you're like, "How did they make that guy just disappear in the thin air?" Yeah, yeah. How, um, let's talk about that, the CG, a little bit, because there's this. The, the film opens with this scene, and there's a lot of combusting vampires, basically, and. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually think it's aged pretty well, uh, all things considered, in my opinion, because I've seen movies from the 90s or that period that have aged like horrifically, like some like CG has actually aged so, so poorly. There is CG in this franchise (laughs) that has (laughs) aged so intensely poorly. And we'll get to that when we talk about Blade 2. But in this movie... In general, I thought that the CG was tastefully done, except for one or two scenes involving blood pouring from a ceiling, which just looked like really, truly, truly awful. Yeah. Uh, but that's kind of my general sentiment on the effects. So I, I maybe I'm just a little more le- I'm a little more lenient than than you are on, on this. But I think that it's aged relatively well compared to other movies of its time. I think the people going like the the vampires going up into dust is 100%. I'm okay with that. That aged really, really well, but the final fight sequence, you know, with that cuts him in half, and then... Oh, boy. 
<laughs> oh yeah. boy <laughs> yeah that that's that's the yeah. stuff that does not age very well yeah. but uh, the 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 thing that you don't i the thing i don't think they had completely figured out then is they could make the animations and the actual dissolves look really good making the actual models look good in the environments look like they seamlessly are integrated with the environments themselves mm. was the tricky part because they're the CG and the animation looks pretty good. It's just that some more care to make things look um, like they were actually in the space would have gone a long way. Um, well, and well, and they might, yeah. it's hard to do that back then. The, the technology yeah. we have now to actually light things in a way that that makes it look like it's there is probably leaps and bounds beyond what was available and what was possible then the, the yeah. amount of computations required to actually make something look really good and do more realistic light is very expensive and i don't know how much how much possibility there would have been to be able to do that in 1998 that's a lot of that's a lot of what makes things look kind of janky the animation in here is actually quite good yeah. for, for the time period I, I agree. I, in particular, I would call out there's one guy who uh, I think jumps over him and he gets he gets sliced and his body lands on a railing. So he's disintegrating yeah. as his back is sort of bending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like that. Just the level of interaction, because Blade is moving through these guys and not all of these. So here's another thing. And I can talk about the scene for a fucking hour. So we, yeah, we should probably move on <laughs> after this. But but uh it's the level of interaction because not all of the effects are front and center. Blade's shooting people. He's cutting people up, but people are disintegrating off camera over here, over there. And he's right in the middle of it and he's moving through it. And that level of interaction uh, and like and camera movement and stuff makes things feel more visceral and real. Like for me, like the way when, I, when I'm watching it. So even if there is some, uh, you know, like the CG doesn't look as great, it's just the surrounding film and how like how much kinetic energy this entire scene had where i'm just like my i've got like whiplash you know when i'm watching this scene yeah. um but uh yeah like i said i could talk about the scene forever but uh uh two other things i wanted to note one um i my like probably my single favorite comedic moment in this movie happens here when he pins donald logue's character who is uh, who's we gone could on talk to about him for a while? Yeah, which yeah. who has gone on to quite a, a a ton of success, you know, since the since that movie has come out, and I really do like him as an actor. But he pinned they pin him to the wall, and he gives the, he does like the, the fist pump when he like when he get when he gets him in the other shoulder and he pins him up, and he just like mm, and I'm like, you know that that wasn't written in the script, you know, like no. David Goyer did not write, you know, does fist pump when you know, nails, nails, buddy to the wall. That was, that's like a distinctly, like, I feel like that's a Wesley Snipes thing. And we'll talk a little bit more about this. Wesley Snipes brings this, like the bladeness factor to this, to this movie. That's not written, you know, in the script. Um, so that's one thing. The other thing is, I don't know if you guys noticed the cop that comes in when uh, Donald Logue's character is on fire. He just comes in and just like seems mildly annoyed that there's a dude screaming on fire in the corner. And he's yeah. just, he's just like, put that guy out. He's like, yeah, put it. Somebody put him out. Just, Somebody put him out. I'm like, Jesus Christ, dude, you just walked in. There's blood everywhere. There is blood everywhere. And there is a guy stapled to a wall on fire screaming. Does not give a fuck. This guy's just like, can somebody just, 
put this guy out, please. Like, <laughs> oh man, that's how you know that he's been at too many of these crime scenes. Yeah, <laughs> that guy, <laughs> that guy either needs to retire, or go on a long vacation, find out what life is really like. Because when you have that's your reaction to this scene, something something's broken in his brain. Um, and appara- another guy on fire and a bloodbath. Yeah. Fuck, this is the sixth <laughs> one this week. Uh, and apparently, uh, Stan Lee that was Stan Lee's cameo that was filmed. He was supposed to be one of the cops that comes in in that scene, really? but they ended up cutting it from the movie. Yeah, I was gonna say, I think the Blade movies are the only ones he didn't really <laughs> actually have full cameos in. That's right, that's right. Yeah. They are. I don't think um, he had one in any of them. No, I don't, yeah, yeah that's what I mean. You I don't think he had a full no, cameo no, in any yeah. of them. I, no, did he have one in the third one? I'll have to watch it. Oh, I'd have to I'd have, I'd have to, to rewatch it to see but revisit that uh that little chest chestnut later. <laughs> yeah. Um cool. Okay, so uh then we jump over to um then we jump over to the autopsy scene uh where we're introduced to uh Karen. Uh now I've forgotten her last name, but she is a hematologist and they bring in uh burnt Donald Logue. Uh I think his name is Angel in this movie potentially um let's just say that it is so they bring in angel uh and uh they have this autopsy scene and this scared the shit out of me again this may be the scene made me jump again when he pops up because i couldn't remember exactly when it happens and this conversation between them two is so stale and boring i wasn't exactly how sure how long they were gonna let this go until this that guy pops up so thirsty she's done with you bruh <laughs> <laughs> fuck on man she don't want nothing to do with you man. yeah and i'm like you're such a loser like you're such a fucking loser just i mean I, i'm sure you're sure that's what burnt donald Logan is thinking he's like i was gonna take a nap here for a little bit yeah but i need to end this conversation right now i can't take any more of this that guy is the third most unlikable character in this film third 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 <laughs> i got two more <laughs> got two more all right um so autopsy oh yeah and this is another moment where so he comes in he attacks uh karen bites her and blade mm-hmm. shows up to be like okay and came he's come to finish this guy off yeah yeah the police come in and they shoot blade and he takes <laughs> yeah. like four bullets in the chest and this is a crazy again uh I, I know i'm emphasizing this a little bit, but these are things i've never seen before in a movie you see someone and he takes four live rounds to the chest and in the same shot he speaks back like this is the kind of thing like special effects and interaction where i'm like i had never seen anyone do that that looks fucking amazing like he got shot in the chest and then he had this reaction and plus the reaction is fucking absolute gold too uh and he's like yo motherfuckers are you out of your damn mind and i'm like what the this is insane what am i watching oh i lost my shit when i when he said that that is arguably my favorite moment from this whole film. <laughs> and I'm not even kidding because I remember dying when I saw that because Blade <laughs> up until that point and you hadn't seen a lot of him, but you'd kind of seen how he is in the trailers. You'd see yeah. him in the opening scenes. He is a man of few words, very stoic. Even in those scenes leading up to that moment, he's not saying a lot. He just lets his action speak for itself. Everything that he says is at a very low, at yeah. a very low tone very slow and then all of a sudden he gets shot motherfucker you out of your damn mind <laughs> and it's just it comes off of the cuff in such a way that is so unexpected and <laughs> you know that was hilarious was that uh, definitely ad-libbed like oh it yeah i know like oh, it, it is yeah. it is like, and is actually, it ad-libbed i read about that line like i read about it it was in some like article and and uh 
and Snipes is like, yeah, we ad libbed that line. And Stephen Norrington's like, no, no, we can't, we can't use that. And, yeah. and, and Snipes is like, look, like you don't get it. It's, this is like a, like, it's a cultural thing. It'll yeah. work. Like yeah. Norrington, it's going to work. He had to convince Stephen Norrington. And then they ended up, ended up using it in the final like cut of the movie. So you've got this. Oh, so you got to imagine this, like you've got this, uh, what I mean, I think is a visionary director. Unfortunately, it hasn't worked too much since then because the next movie he did was The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Which and I like, by the way, I'm not going to lie. I like that yeah, movie. Yeah, I, I mean, think there's like, likable stuff in there. 100%. And it, yeah, and I, 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 regardless of how you feel about the movie, the experience this guy had on that movie That's was awful. And yeah. he got into huge fights with, uh, with Sean Connery on that movie and probably the other cast. He's a perfectionist. And he left the movie. I think somebody else had to edit the movie together or something like that. But uh, he hasn't done a movie since then. He basically like left Hollywood. Two movies this guy did. Oh, well, two two big budget movies. One smaller, low, low budget movie before that. I think it was called Death Machine or something like that. But um, I think that's a sh- it's a shame. It's a shame. But having said that, you've got this guy like this perfectionist English dude filming this like vampire action movie then you've got then you got wesley snipes who is a producer on the movie by the way mm-hmm. as well right and you've got and you've got his like basically cultural input which this basically white english visual like auteur is just not going to get but this movie like they complement each other so well like they mm-hmm. found some middle ground and i was reading like you could tell like in like the commentary when Wesley Wesley Snipes talks about it or in any article, but like, I, I haven't seen anything from Norrington. He hasn't, he doesn't really do interviews or anything like that, but you can tell like everyone on the commentary, actually David Goyer is like, Stephen Norrington is a, is a strange man. This is the commentary for the movie. Okay. He's a strange so, man. Yeah. So like, you've got this, like, I think probably tense relationship, but like creatively what came out in the end was a great, um, not even a compromise. I'd say it's actually like a complementary uh, thing, uh, basically with the style and basically the the culture, and they kind of like complemented each other really well. And it's not no more more evident than in that scene. I think that's one of yeah. the great one of the one of the great results of that relationship. Um, I can't believe that was ad lib. That's dope. I yeah, that a lot. That's a line yeah. my dad would use on me when I was a kid. That's why I like, <laughs> it had to be ad-libbed because I was like, no, that's something my dad would say. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker, you done lost your mind? <laughs> Dude, it works so, so well. Yeah, you know, it's great. Um, and, and also, I think the cops run after that in the next shot. I was laughing. This Do they turn around and leave? No, he ends up running. He ends up running. Like, up running the, yeah, oh, okay. okay. Yeah, I thought yeah, they yeah. like turn around and leave, but yeah, yeah. that would have made it funnier. But uh uh, yeah, so then we get this cr- the, another thing that I had never seen before. Like he basically tosses this doctor and pulls the- that bitch out the window. <laughs> yeah, Yo, just- that that is so wild. He must have known that there was a bunch of styrofoam that they had stacked on top of that building because that's apparently where you stack styrofoam is on the top of buildings. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, not st- not- styrofoam like actual foam. Yeah, foam. Yeah, it was, a, it was a it was a garbage bin. I feel like that that's that's what he on saw the roof right of a building. <laughs> No, that was a pile of boxes. It was a pile of boxes. Recycling bin then, or something like it was like a big. It was like a big recycling bin or something like that. Um, But yeah, again, another thing that I'm like watching this. I'm like, how's he gonna get out of this one? And he throws her out the window. I'm like, what am I? This is insane. 
This is that's, insane. Dude, that's the one average of those... hero would have jumped with her. Yeah, yeah. with her in his arms. He's just like, get the, the average hero. Get the fuck out of here. I'll, I'll be <laughs> calling you. I said, I'm a toss a bitch. <laughs> he just, dude, I, like, even when watching it right now, I'm like, I don't, I, I still took me by surprise. I'm like, I know it's going to happen. And, and the other thing was that her, like her, like the arc she takes, it looks really convincing. I think actually the effects have aged pretty well there. His jump, not so much. Like his jump, that's a little more purposeful. Like yeah. it, it didn't look as good as hers. Hers had a nice arc to it. His had a weird, the physics didn't drag look. The coat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe that's what it is. Oh, maybe that's what it is. But yeah, so um, uh, then uh, the, basically goes to the next scene as she wakes, uh, basically goes back to, you know, the blade cave or whatever you want to call it, right? Can we, can we, can we rewind a second? Yeah, yeah. When he pops her shoulder back into place, he's like, oh, my shoulder is dislocated. And he's like, Matt. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Let's go. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Stop whining. Um, stop crying. Stop whining. Let's go. <laughs> um, the... Uh, and she returns. She returns the favor later too. Yeah, uh, she does. That, so that does come back. Um, yeah. So then we end up at uh, the 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 Blade Cave, and we're introduced to uh, uh, two things: his car, which I thought was like super cool. I'm not a car guy by any stretch of the imagination, but that I always liked the utilitarianism of his car. But it also had a very unique look and profile to it. And then uh, we're also in. Yeah, the charger. Yeah, exactly. And uh, then we're also introduced to, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Whistler, uh, played by Chris Christopherson. And I just love this guy in this movie. I think Chris Christopherson just absolutely nails this, uh, nails this role. Um, after that, anything you guys want to say about Whistler in this scene? I think <laughs> it was this the scene where he chases her down when she wakes up. Uh, no. Oh, I think that that might be the next one. Yeah, that might be the next one. But yeah, yeah no, that's a funny one. <laughs> that's a funny one. Yeah. Um, uh, we go back to the vampire council. Oh yeah. Actually, yeah. after this, and this is the one beef I have with this movie. Um, they didn't do enough with the vampire council, in my opinion. I love when uh, there's a little bit of world building when we get to see like different cultures whether they're like alien cultures or other cultures on earth with a bit of like a, uh, like a mystical uh, mythological twist, whatever it happens to be. I love seeing that stuff. That's why I love, I love, I like the, you know, the Zack Snyder cut. We got to see more of Atlantis. We got to see more of Themyscira, all that stuff mm-hmm. here. I really wanted to see, cause, cause the, they make it so interesting from my perspective, you got this council and it's like, everyone's different. You've got, you've got like uh Man, the, the, the one guy who talks in that scene, he's got tattoos on his head, you know, yeah. of all of these symbols. You've got this like uh, you've got, uh, uh, you know, a, like a, a dreadlocked dude who's like either, you know, maybe he's like, I don't know if he's African or he's Caribbean or whatever. Like there are obviously like factions of vampirism. Yeah. Right? And this whole idea of vampirism. Yeah, yeah. Like- exactly. And you've and then you've got this concept of the pure bloods versus the folks that have turned again, never a concept that I had even thought to think of. I'm like, this is fucking gold. It's so gold, but they don't do any, they don't really do anything with it. You you're introduced to Dragonetti, the uh, Udo cares uh, character, uh, but they don't, they, they stick with him. They stick with the La Magra thing where Steven Dorff is this Deacon Frost is this upstart vampire who's trying to change things. 
um, and do things differently, but they don't do anything with these other like factions, races, cultures of vampirism. And I was always, when I remember when I, when I watched it, when I used to watch it when I was younger, I was, I always wanted to know more about that, but they don't really touch on it. Um, Underworld. What's that? Underworld. I yeah. feel like that whole, that whole faction thing is like Underworld, like a spinoff for Underworld. I feel like yeah, that's where no, you're right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I like think every, when I watched that scene, I, all I, I see it when I watched it again this week, I was like, this is Underworld, but I'm watching Blade. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're. I think you're right, and I think that's why I kind of have a soft spot for the underworld stuff because they dig into a lot of that, a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, so you find out kind of Deacon Frost is is this upstart. He was running the nightclub. They're like, yo, we can't fuck with like, you know, we can't let people know that we're around. Humans will make things difficult for us. Whereas Frost is like, hey, there are food. Why aren't? Why are we? Why are we sort of bending and hiding from them? Um, what do you guys think of Deacon Frost as a character, as played by Stephen Dorff? I think he's short-sighted as a villain. I really think he's short-sighted as a villain. Like, I like my villains to have a little bit of depth, as you can see, like my office is covered in Joker. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but I think he was way too short-sighted as a villain. I think they should have given him a little bit more... He needed more oomph for me, like... For the movie, yeah, he was fine, but I feel like mm. if he was going to continue in any way, shape, or form, they'd have to give him a way better story, give him a little bit more, I guess, more feature set, I, I want to call it that. I guess more of his powers being a little differently because he, yeah. he was turned, and then because he turned, and because he was this kind of blood, or whoever turned him, yeah, him this kind of power. Like It just felt like he was really shallow. It felt like he was like the... the the special needs kid in the group of the good kid, like the, the typical kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he did feel a little, he, he does feel a little plain, but I love the fact that he get he does get upset when these guys compare, like you're, you're basically your mixed blood versus the pure blood stuff. Mm-hmm. And you could, I do like the scenes where it's clear that that upsets him, that there is this, there is this, um, uh, you know, uh, social difference between mm-hmm. between being born a vampire and being turned. Um, and again, they put it there. They set the plate for that to be maybe more of a motivation, right? Like they they set the plate for, it, but they don't they don't do anything with it. It's unfortunate, uh, but I, I I think I get where you're coming from, Justin. Any thoughts on Deacon Frost? He's a douchebag. Full stop. I really just. <sighs> I don't like him. I just, I never really liked him that much as, as a villain either. I think that, um, I don't know if his vision was short-sighted, but it did seem like he wasn't really, I don't think he had the full scope of what he was actually bringing on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It just, I don't know. I just, the, at no point did I think he was a formidable villain for Blade, nor did I think his plan was, I mean, how, how I don't know, just, the, the the fact that all of a sudden they needed Blade's blood too. Like, what are the odds that there's a Daywalker? Is there a prophecy that there's a Daywalker that's just hanging around? Uh, it's yeah. Just, no, yeah. the the plot the, there there's certainly plot holes aplenty in this yeah. movie, and um, also things just seemed very very easy for him. Like, no problem. He can just walk in, grab Udukar, and light him on fire in the yeah. sun. No problem. Like, yeah. no, he can no. walk into the Council of Vampires meeting and take all of them, and everybody's just going to comply. No yeah. problem. Yeah. At the circle where they're performing the ritual for Lamagra, 
it's no problem for them to just kill one and be like, just bring another one. Like I thought yeah. those were all of the ones like, yeah, you yeah. Should just kill Udo care. Like you don't have all, you've already lost some of the cards in your deck and you're still losing some. Yeah. And for my I thing know. is I thought like pure bloods are supposed to be stronger than the ones who return. So why yeah. Yeah. pure bloods not destroying yeah. these guys with their this outward strength? Yeah, no, I, I used to, I remember, I remember I used to think that as well. Like that, that, like that, not only that social difference, but also like, do the purebloods have something going for them that the turned vampires don't, you know, like yeah. whether it's strength, whether it's, you know, I don't know, I don't know what it is, but the way I see that social uh, dis, you know, discrepancy is the same way that as it is like, let's say in like modern times, right? Like whether it's like, you know, skin color, whether it's like race or whether it's, you know, like being like, you know, female, whether you're like, uh, whether you're like not not heterosexual or whatever, there is a difference in social you know, social stance, but it's not it's not like it doesn't result in physicality. It's not like right. I'm stronger than you because you're you know because I feel that you're less. It's purely social, right? So that's kind of how I worked it out in my mind is that they're not different physically, but that doesn't that doesn't solve the problem of him being able to just like. You know, just like, yeah. you know, like kidnap the entire like shadow council who are supposed to be like well-connected, like vampires running the show. And he's yeah. able, this upstart is able to just come in and just, you know, uh, you know, uh, basically like, you know, kidnap everyone. It's, it is, I was always like, it all just seemed really easy. You're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, and he's got this computer program. That's just running and decoding this like thing. He's like, <laughs> Udo Carrot comes to see him at some point. And this is another favorite scene of mine where he's like yelling at him because he's like, you're you're trying to, you know, look at this La Magra uh, blood god thing. Yeah, and, dead uh, language. Yeah, remember, deadly. Yeah, he says translate it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And he's, Stephen Dorff's actually, actually doing anything. He's just sitting there listening to like, I don't know, I guess like trance music or something like that. And uh, Udo Kerr gives him a vicious slap in the face. Just an yeah. unexpected, just boom, nails him. And uh, they have this weird moment. Like, it's almost this intimate moment where he just kind of, like, touches Udo Kerr's face. And Udo Kerr is looking directly at him, and he says, you bore me. And that line just <laughs> kills me every time he delivers it. And the reason uh, I'm saying this, uh, so I went, I went to... Um, Quick, quick side. I went to a film festival in uh, in 2017 called Fantastic Fest in uh, in Austin, Texas, and Udo Kerr was there, and he was uh, and he was like at these events, and uh, I didn't get to meet him personally, but he was there, and I could hear him talking. I'm like, oh man, this guy, this guy. All I could see, all I could hear in my mind was Dragonetti from Blade whenever he was talking, and all I could hear was it was his voice. So it was really cool to see that. So to see this moment and it's and to to see him in this movie was was really fun but um dragonetti like they don't really do anything with the council it's too bad mm-hmm. uh anyway so uh karen wakes up in the blade cave goes and explores and sees some weapons and we're introduced to the booby trap on the sword which is dope i think we could all agree that i i i quite like this thing and it comes back a little bit later um, but this is when she tries to escape <laughs> and uh whistler <laughs> whistler you know, chases her and uh, and <laughs> Blade drops down from yeah. behind her, and so good. No noise, 
Like it's completely <laughs> silent. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's completely silent because it's funny how it's shot. He's completely stands there and then he crosses his arms and he has the S blade in one of his hands. He's like, just in case she, <laughs> you know, she, she tries to give me shit just in case. I'm, just in case I need to cut this civilian in half <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> for right. no reason. She's trying to get away. S blade. I don't solve yeah. the problem. Yeah, yeah. Both is four. No, sorry. Yeah. Anyways, but uh, it's, it's crazy. But yeah. So then, uh, um, they they basically come to a decision that they're going to try and uh, save her. They're going to wait a few days to for her to figure out kind of like what's what's happening with her, right? And that's so that's the other thing that they do with the vampire mythology in this movie is that it's it's they're bringing the science into it to mix with the mythology, and vampirism is essentially, or the way they're talking about it, is a disease. Yeah. Um, so that's another kind of like big modern twist to this, which is something that I hadn't seen before when I w- had watched this movie. Um, so it's like, they're not sure. Is she going to turn or is she not going to turn? In any vampire movie I'd ever seen before that was, if you're bitten, you will become a vampire. There's no, there's no like middle ground. You you're know? either going to die or you're going to yeah. become one. There's yeah, no, exactly. There's no in between. Yeah. yeah. So this one is like kind of like a wait and see sort of thing. And uh, basically they send her out <laughs> into the world and uh, she gets visited by a cop who she thinks is a vampire, but is not. And this scene plays out. And I thought the scene was really funny <laughs> because Blade is essentially using her as bait to see if the vampires will come, will show up or send someone to show up to, to get rid of her because they she knows about them. And uh, so this guy's not a vampire. He is a familiar. And then they introduce this concept of the glyphs which I also thought was really cool. So basically vampire cattle, I guess is what is what Blade says. But he also proceeds to destroy Karen's apartment with this guy's face. Like, <laughs> yeah. like it's, and, and, and she, she like, I'm like, wow, this is all, it's a lot. But as soon as I started thinking, I'm like, is that really like, does he need to do that? She says, she asks that. She's like, in the movie, she's like, is this really necessary after he destroys, like, her coffee table or something with this guy's face? And I'm like, yeah, dude, chill. You can punch him. Punch him all you want. Can you just he stop breaking all my strength? Shit? He doesn't need to start putting him through walls and shit. Like, he, she's not getting her safety deposit back at this no, point. Oh, my and God. And that's all Blade's fault. And to make matters worse, he's going to have to rob at least a few people to pay her back. Because he yeah. clearly robs people for their operation, as he says. Yeah, in this yeah he takes the watches. <laughs> so, we're not exactly the March Dimes. This what he says. Yeah. <laughs> and he's pissed, and he's like, "It's fake." Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Oh man, no, no, it was good. It was good. And then they go back out to the car. You see that he's carrying. He's basically pushing blood for yes. um for the vampires and they bring in again this more of this practicality. It's like, what would it be like to be a vampire, modern vampire? In, in a city, it's like, well, you'd probably have to run a blood bank or some kind of blood racket in order to keep everyone fed. And uh, so they so they introduce that he gets away because, uh, you know, she stops him from like uh, basically brandishing his gun, which, by the way, he is assaulting a police officer in public. Not a single person gives a shit. He is just beating the fuck out of this guy. In New York City, man. New York City cops, they deserve it, right? He's just like, I remember the one scene he like bounces the guy off of the off of the trunk. Like he bounces his face off the trunk. And it's his car, right? It's his cop car. It's not like it's somebody yeah. else's car. It's his own. It's a cop car 
with a cop getting completely manhandled and no everybody's like that's cool no no big deal here um blade no. is a menace to society <laughs> yeah. he is brandishing his gun shooting in broad daylight yeah he is almost running when he tried to when he was dropping off karen at her apartment he almost killed people in his car at least a few times. That's right. He's a yes. very bad yes. driver. He's a very bad driver. He's usually riding a bike. That's why. <laughs> that, that's true. <laughs> You're right. When he makes that right turn into that alleyway, when he drops her off, there are people like screaming to get yeah. out of the way. He is a dick behind the wheel. That's, that's established throughout this film. Also, I did want to note, second most unlikable character is this cop. He is the worst. Oh, he's a weasel. Oh, yeah. He's, he's a such weasel. a weasel. Yeah. He had, okay, so his plan was, I'm going to go into this person's apartment. I'm going to shoot them. And that's how I'm going to dispatch for them for my 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 vampire underlord, Deacon Frost. Overlord. But Overlord, yes. sorry. What yeah. did I say? Underlord. Underlord. Well, yeah. you never know. Okay. <laughs> sorry. I, I definitely meant overlord. We're there, we're there still late. Anyways, <laughs> the, <laughs> his plan was, I'm going to announce that I'm going to kill you, but I'm not going to have my weapon drawn, nor am I probably going to oh, have yeah. it unholstered. To oh, the dude. You got to take the thing off. Right. He gets himself in a position where he gets maced by, again, a civilian. And it's not and real then, mace. Not even it's real the worst part. Part. <laughs> That's the worst part. He's like, mm, that was kind of good. Garlic? Hmm. Thank you. Oh, my God. That, that would have been you. Justin, oh, yeah. getting that sprayed in the face. Stronger. I would have been able, I wouldn't even need a gun. Just Can you imagine just thrown her out another window? <laughs> okay. Not again. <laughs> Justin getting sprayed in the face with garlic. You'd be like, do you have any uh, tomato spray? You could spray me in the face with that too. That's the equivalent of like giving Mario the, uh, the flower and then I'll be throwing fire and shit. Um, <laughs> Yeah, this guy's just a super unlikable character. He's oh, dumb. Yeah. He's just a dumb, dumb person. He doesn't realize that there's a car behind him that is the loudest car in the world. Like, <laughs> oh, later you mean you, when when yeah. when uh, he's yeah when, when he's following yeah, yeah. when he's following yeah. him and he can see the car. He can see he's like two car lengths behind. He's like everything's fine. I'm gonna go to this blood bank now. It's not like I've got a tail that is the loudest car in all of New York City. And then you know, on top yeah. of that, later on in the film, and this is where I really hate him, is just before Deacon kills him, he goes, but it's okay, see? Anytime you end a sentence with C, you need to die in the film. That's my, I stand by that. I stand by that. And this guy did it, second most unlikable character in this film. I'd like, I mean, to, I'd like to note that the two characters that you uh, do not like so far are villains. So I think everything is kind of working out the way it's supposed yeah, to. I think it's supposed to work out the way. I think it's the director got you right where he wants yeah, you. Yeah. But these guys are really unlikable. <laughs> and it's not it's not through their villainous actions. It's through their villainous incompetence. The uh, the line that this this is one of those Matrix scenes. So other than the jump scene like uh, uh, earlier, which calls back to the Matrix and maybe some of the uh you know the trench coats and all of that stuff this line that blade tells her he's like this world that you live in is a sugar-coated topping there's another world underneath it the real world and i was like yeah. easily see like that's like something morpheus would be saying you know yeah um then after this scene we get what it can only describe as like an acid trip of like a car chase scene which is you know I don't, I don't know if you guys noticed it, but everything it's like, it's like weirdly sped up, 
you know, in this scene, they've got mu- music playing really loud and everything's really sped up and the cops talking on the phone, but everybody's moving really fast. Really strange, uh, like chase scene. And David Goyer, I remember saying uh, in Blade Trinity, really wanted a car chase scene in Blade Trinity. And he starts the movie off Blade Trinity with a car chase scene because this car ch- car tail scene or whatever was like very strange. <laughs> like it's a very odd uh, uh, car tailing scene. Um, so they end up at this. Uh, I, where does he where does he go? He goes to. Uh, the nightclub, right? And this is where they both go in together, uh, uh, Blade and yeah. Karen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, before this, uh, Whistler gives Blade a UV lamp, which is my second favorite comedic moment in the movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, where uh, he gives him the UV lamp. He's like, I managed to you know, cook this thing up. Blade grabs it, lifts it. He's like, still heavy. And Whistler just looks back at him. He's like, well, you're so big. <laughs> I was like, that's such a great, it's such a great line. And the, and the scene ends after that. I was like, oh man, that was perfect. That made me laugh. Um, so they bring this stuff in and this guy says, do you have an invitation, Cardo? And I always remember that line from this movie because he says Cardo. And, uh, and he gets thrown through a wall. And uh, then we get into this nightclub. And again, I have to say, really uncomfortable like this movie is doing things i've never seen before you've got what are obviously or maybe not obviously but like they look like underage like uh east asian girls on stage singing and you've got like older uh east asian gentlemen just sitting there like creepily watching all of this was it a karaoke bar no, no, I don't think it's a karaoke because no, because they look like they're dressed as schoolgirls. That's the oh, other yeah, thing. They're right. like dressed right. as like, you know, they've got the skirts on and everything. And I'm just like, what, what is this place? Like, what am I seeing? Right. And then uh, so so this all comes to play a little bit later. But again, it's just the movie is just breaking like, you know, weird kind of like, again, when I first saw it, breaking these like. uh taboo boundaries where it's just showing me stuff that makes me like super uncomfortable you know watching it um chases this cop into the kitchen destroys the kitchen again with this guy's face he's just getting thrown around just mad destruction of property um and what's funny is that when like karen comes in after they find the secret passage to like the uh, archives karen comes in and gives blade this look because she looks around first I feel like this is some kind of running joke where like he's just destroying stuff with, you know, like destroying property because she yeah, he she comes in, looks around and sees everything is like all messed up in here. She just gives him this look. She's like, really? Like <laughs> here too? Yeah, yeah, like, you got to cut that shit out. Then they go downstairs, they find the archives and then it brings me to another just insanely creative, wildly uncomfortable, strange moment that i just love this movie for we meet pearl the (laughs) what like one metric ton vampire and i remember reading about this a little bit at the time the idea was since vampires don't die they can eat but if they don't watch what they eat they'll just get really really fat so this guy has just been eating and he can't die so he just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger And the original concept, if you can believe this, 
the original concept for the scene was that around him, there would be bodies of the girls from upstairs that are singing on stage of basically children around him. Because if he's got to drink the blood, he can't move. So basically he's got to like grab like a body or whatever and drink the blood and put it, put it away. That was the original concept for this scene. That would have been fucked up. (laughs) Like how, this is the level of insanity that we're talking about here. And I kind of love it. I love, they, they swung for the fences because not only is this a great action movie, I also think this plays as a great horror film as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So Pearl, what did you guys think of this scene where they're interrogating Pearl? Justin can go first. <laughs> I uh, I never understood to make the, the decision to make Pearl so big, but I guess in 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 light of thinking about it in that way, um, it's interesting. Like it's an interesting way to do, or it, it's an interesting way to look at what vampirism looks for somebody that is essentially an overeater. Um, yeah, yeah. But ultimately, the interrogation was kind of weird. Like it seemed almost like it was from a comedy. The way that the way that Pearl would answer with a yeah. lie, and it's so clearly a lie. Like, oh, you know. Oh, I just, love that. All right, light his yeah. ass up, <laughs> and then he's gonna go into the vault. It's like, but but there's nothing in there. There's nothing in there of interest. I'm like, come on, yeah. Have a little bit of chill. And uh, it's, I, I thought it, I always thought it was more of a comic comedic. It was the it was it was interesting. I guess now that I'm thinking about it. It's interesting the way they blend the comedy in that, yeah, with the horrific fucking part of burning him. Al- well, not alive, <laughs> but you get what I mean. Yeah, yeah. cooking him, um, cooking him. Yeah, like yeah. cooking him right in front. It was just, it's, it's, it was a very weird. I don't want to say off-putting, but I guess going for uncomfortable again, kind of an yeah. uncomfortable way to kind of deliver that that scene. It was just, it was weird. It was very, very strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah for and me, it was more like a. Like a throwback, like Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's know? interesting. That's yeah, interesting. Absolutely. I didn't even think of that. Just a, yeah. just a fat roly poly dude just sitting there getting cooked. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, he's got the, he's got funny responses. You're absolutely right, Justin. I think I agree with you on on the fact that they mixed like the comedy and the weirdness of the situation, especially when he's like he asks him a question and he goes from screaming to. But that's what Frost says, you know, like to this like really cutesy voice. And that made so that didn't make me laugh. That made me uncomfortable. Like it made like the whole thing just made me uncomfortable. And I'm like, oh, this is so it's so creative and strange and weird. And uh, and that's why that scene stands out to me. I've never seen anything like it. I don't think I've seen anything like that since, to be honest, a scene that strange, you know, it's very Um, weird. Yeah. So it's it sits out in it, it kind of like. It stands out in the film as something very unique from everything else in the film. There's no other. There's no other piece in the film that is that 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 is that long that plays for comedy as long as this one does. Right. The whole right. thing is just it, it's a bit. The whole thing is kind of a bit. It's getting information and they're injecting horrific torture on somebody, even though yeah. it's a thousand pound vampire. Yeah. But it's it's certainly played for the comedic beats in it. There, there's comedic beats throughout it intermingled with horror yeah yeah they uh blow a hole in the door and they find uh the archive i guess like what uh they called the the script of ooh, i've forgotten the name but uh basically the book of something it's like this old vampire book 
And uh, there's an action scene that plays out in here where a young woman or a kid, basically, uh, you're meant to think that's trapped in there. And then Donald Logan, his goons show up and she starts fighting Blade. And I yeah. thought this was really cool. Again, another really unexpected thing. Like when she starts kicking him, like in the side. And even uh, the other thing that sells it is his surprise. Well, I don't know if you see, like, if you guys yeah. notice this, but when she starts kicking him, he even he's like, whoa, whoa what the fuck? <laughs> right? Like, seriously. <laughs> yeah, I always like that. I like that moment. Uh, what do you guys think of this action scene here that plays out? A lot of glass gets broken. A lot of glass. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this was. Like I said, the action scenes in this movie always make me happy. Um, yeah. I mean, this connects right into, we could talk about sort of like the subway scene as well. Like basically this, he gets ca- he gets captured. Donald Logue has his little funny moment where he takes his glove off because he had grew his hand, grew back. His hand back. And uh, then Whistler shows up and gets the great catch you fuckers at a bad time yeah. line. And uh, basically they go for a run through the subway system. And... Uh, and um, this train, entirely CG, I think, again, hasn't aged that poorly. I thought it still looked good. I actually uh, didn't know that train was CG. I actually thought it was real. Same. I, I Honestly, I didn't notice I it I had no myself. idea that was CG. The None CG that is dodgy now is when Donald Lowe gets his face all jacked up on there. It's just, it looks very... Yeah. Doesn't look you, good. The, the Donald Logue that scene where he gets his, I actually really like that. I really, I, I, I like, like the, the idea yeah. of the like idea you, watching it, watching it now versus then and you look at it and you're like, mm, that's not convincing to me at all. I remember uh, watching a uh, special feature on the, how they did the train and they had a bunch of people on, there's actually people on the train, um, but they couldn't, they didn't have enough money to do like an actual 3d model of a person. So all, all they did when the camera pans basically from one person to the other, as the train is kind of like passing by, uh, they're like, well, the, like these people, they're like, oh, just put it 2D cardboard people. So uh, they show this thing frame by frame. And as the camera passes, you'll see that the 2D cardboard people are always facing the camera. Like as the camera <laughs> passes by, like they're just 2D like representations of people. And I'm like, that's fucking cool. And especially since like, it's such a quick cut, it just gives you enough information to believe that, oh yeah, there's people on the train, but you can't, it's not, it's going so fast that you wouldn't, you wouldn't even notice. Um, uh, yeah. Get, Angel getting his face smushed against the side of the train. Um, and then they, uh, they get away and uh, they get away in the most, rid- what I think is actually one of the more ridiculous things in the movie. Uh, and that's, that's quite a thing to say when we're talking about a movie, an action horror movie about vampires and vampire hunters, is he grabs the back of this train and swings onto it with uh, with Karen in his arms. Even if he could survive that, I'm pretty sure her neck would be broken. Like, yeah, because he's got her like by the waist or whatever. It's just like, uh, but uh, but yeah, no, I, I actually quite like that scene. That's this is where she returns the favor on the um, the shoulder, the yeah, pop yeah. shoulder thing um anything else about this scene that you guys want to chat about i don't think so i no. I, I just this is kind of where you get a really i feel like at this point whistler's already a very likable character but this ramps it up mm-hmm. whistler becomes yeah. much much more he becomes formidable he yeah. becomes something that's more more of somebody that that can actually interact and play in the field 
versus somebody that's just behind a monitor or limping around somewhere and changing the car's transmission. Yeah, he does. He does dip in that scene. That was one thing I'd really. It's so chaotic during that scene with the train going by. He gets hit, falls to the side, and Blade is like, yo, he can take care of himself. And later you see him going through like a manhole cover on the other side. I always thought that was like really like I'm not even sure why they they took that approach. I guess in order to have this train getaway gag at the end, they could only be carrying one person. So Whistler had to get out in some other in some other way. Um, well, Whistler apparently traded uh, trained Blade, so he's got to know how to do something to get out of there. Yeah, 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 yeah that's skills. right. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, and then we're back at. Uh, oh, actually, the next the next note I have here is uh, later uh, Angel's getting bandaged bandaged up because he got his arm chopped off again. And this is one of the one of the things the moments that was so unexpected is the girl that's bandaging him up randomly bites the stump on his arm. I don't know if you guys remember this, but like she's oh, yeah. bandaging him up. And because yeah. when she does it, I cringe like every time because there's a crunching sound when she does it. I'm just like, oh, God, that's gross. <laughs> and he's like, ah, and he calls her a skis, which I feel like is not a word that's used very often. But uh, but yeah, uh, just something I thought I'd point out, because even now watching it again, I was like, oh, God, it's <laughs> awful. Um, Dragonetti's death scene. How do you guys feel about the fact that these vampires can throw on a little bit of sunscreen and wear a spacesuit and go out into the sun? I don't, I don't, I don't agree like, with that at all. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not a fan. Not that was one fan. of, I think that's one of the things that they did that I wasn't a fan of either. Yeah. Yeah. I feel um, like you'd have a lot more vampires out and about in that case, which yeah, would lead yeah. to overpopulation during the days and somebody would start talking about it. And I don't think that's very, very good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and I think that honest, when do they sleep? Yeah, yeah dude, like, they need to sleep. Get a nap. Right? That's yeah, like being up sleep, all right? night. He's on a yeah. fucking blood bender. <laughs> don't need that. Your blood bender. <laughs> um, that'd be nice if like any like those scenes where they go to do that, like they come back and they're like got heavy like the puffs under their eyes, like oh, I didn't sleep last night. Sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't sleep yesterday morning. Yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, but yeah, they get this great. Which I think is a great death scene. I like the idea behind it, where they bring him out there, and and he's got this great piece of dialogue. Again, a really great idea that they just don't do anything with. When he says, "Have you, you know, when is the last time that you saw like a beautiful sunset?" He's like, "Oh, right, you were born a vampire. You've right. never seen. Sorry, a sunrise. Sorry, you would have seen plenty of sunsets, I imagine. But uh, um, uh, sunrise, you've never seen one. You're you were born a vampire." Uh, so again, touching on this really interesting idea, but then never really like doing anything with it. Um, but uh, and then, yeah, he basically explodes <laughs> in this scene, yeah. uh, which I thought was uh, was an interesting choice. They're just like, yeah, you know, he's going to what's going to happen here. Let's just build a dummy and blow it up. That's what's yeah. going to happen. Light um, on fire and boom. <laughs> that's right. It's hilariously over the top. Um uh, yeah, so then later we go back to the Blade Cave and Karen discovers that an anticoagulant can do some harm to some blood, which leads to another great comedic moment where, you know, Blade's looking through the microscope and she adds EDTA, this anticoagulant to vampire blood, and it explodes. And yeah. Whistler laughs. And I always thought that was a really funny moment. Uh, and then we get Whistler's story. 
which I thought was a good, well, I thought for the amount of time that Whistler, you know, tells, talks to Karen about Blade, about where he found him and about his own story, just that small period of time, Whistler, uh, sorry, uh, the actor, Chris Christopherson does a great job with what he's got. Like the time that he's got, I think that he does sell it. It's not a lot of time, unfortunately, but it is like it delivers what it needs to. And I think it hits those like emotional beats. Um, any thoughts about uh, those two scenes at all? Uh, no, but I do like the fact that she like, again, she uses her science to understand the, the coagulant and stuff like this. Like she compares sickle anemia to like what the vampirism is right how it can be cured with you know or not cured but like it can be counteracted with whatever coagulant she designed or developed yeah so i found that pretty cool as well too like the fact that they're trying to use science in a, a fictional movie with fictional definitely fictional characters i've never heard of anyone ever meeting a vampire before yeah, almost, yeah <laughs> you know, try, try, trying to ground, almost trying to ground the the cause of these mythological creatures in something that is actually reality based. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I think that's yeah. it's a really really interesting approach. Um, yeah, I I, yeah. I agree. I I the, I think that the problem with this movie is 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 that it tries to mix the mythological with the scientific. I don't think it's entirely successful in doing that mix because it is a hard mix to do but i you know like that's not something i mean it's one of the knocks i have against the movie and we'll get into that later because when it goes to fucking crazy town well when we get to the end of the movie with the yeah. la magra stuff but uh but you know so far the mythological stuff hasn't been too overt you know like you've kind of got this urban like uh city concrete jungle setting you've got the science the only like big mythological part is like just the the idea that vampirism exists is really the only big thing right now. Um, the regeneration, the drinking of the blood, all of that. Um, so Blade and Frost meet for the first time on the street, and um, <laughs> Frost has this little uh, song. I think that is. I think that's Baby Brenda's song. Was that the character? The actress's real name. I think her name's Brenda Song. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not familiar. Is she in like anything uh, that we know? Because that movie is 1998. Yeah, I think she. Yeah, Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. She's a Disney character. She's a Disney girl. What was? Would you say Brenda Song? Yeah. Mm, it is not her though. It's not. No. Hmm. Thought it, it was. Not. It looks pretty. like her. Like it looks like a double of her. Like. Interesting. Maybe her sister or something. I could be being very racist right now. Let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. I, I, I'd, I'd be interested to look that up because that, that's 1998. She could very well be someone who's come into like uh, some fame or been in other yeah. things that I've seen since then. Um, but so this scene kind of like Frost lets Blade know how he feels about humanity, how, and I do like his, his, notion here where he's he's basically just saying look we are just a function of nature humans just have to go is basically his his byline um and uh, <laughs> this little girl is just terrified this entire scene and i feel so bad for her because 
Blade draws his gun and we get the other very sort of obvious like Matrix comparison where we get we get bullet time for the first time. Um, I don't think I'd ever seen bullet time quite like this before Blade. Uh, but it's and it's not true bullet time in the way that the Matrix executed, which was like with a hundred cameras like around, uh, you know, the actor or whatever. Like, but it is the you know, conceptually, it's the same thing. You see the bullets fly through the air. Frost dodges the bullets, and again, this movie just has people chucking women all over the place because she yeah. just <laughs> he just flings this little girl, and she is street. just a messed up by this phone booth have you guys like when i watch this scene i'm like this she hits the phone booth and she it's not like she stop bounces off and stops she goes right through the fucking thing and lands in the middle of the street and i'm like and she gets up and she's a little dazed but i'm like man if you went through that phone booth the way it looked like man you'd be dead like the way yeah. she just clobbers that thing it'd be a piece yeah. of glass in her forehead it's a sure. lot of glass yeah oh my god it's so it, and again that was another thing it's like it's so uh the movie is vicious in its action it's vicious in its horror and this particular moment was vicious against this little girl and blade goes and saves her and he's like go home and I'm like, after yeah. all of that, that's all you got to say. This girl just got thrown through a phone booth. Brings her sidewalk and tells her to bring her ass home. Yeah. Um, yeah. So also I continues yeah. to be a menace to society. And this sure. where he starts opening fire in broad daylight in broad with his automatic yeah. Wi- weapon. Yeah. 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 I was surprised he chased the girl down because at that point, he didn't seem like he really had much of a consideration about human life given the way that he drives and the way that he just fires on the public <laughs> in broad daylight in a park where there are children and families probably playing. Oh man. The I way just, he, I was drives. surprised. I was surprised. That was, that's funny, man. Yeah. Like uh, she just, she, that the phone booth thing I can't get over. It's another scene I cringe at because he could have just, just thrown her onto the street. I think that would have been fine. Mm-hmm. But they're like, no, let's let's throw her through this glass filled phone booth because what she deserves it, you know, like for yeah. whatever reason. That glass is thick. There's no yeah. way she survives yeah. that. No. Anyways, um, so so Blade I comes did. back uh to uh find that the Blade Cave has been invaded, I guess, in this scene. And uh Whistler and Karen, well, Karen has been kidnapped, and uh he finds Whistler uh all bloodied up in in this chair and uh i think this scene mostly works i just i think it's hilarious uh, the only thing i think just doesn't work for me is the fact that blade is trying to clean whistler's wound and he is covered in blood okay yeah. whistler has been tortured to the brink of death he is covered with blood blade i think went looking for the smallest piece of kleenex he could find and he's like just dabbing like little little clumps of blood from from Whistler and I'm like what like what are we doing here you've got like I mean that 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 Kleenex it's just saturated with blood now you're just now you're just moving it around all over the place now you're not doing anything he didn't even wet it it was all just sticky it was just like when he pulls it when he's when he dabs it and he pulls it it off it sticks to the yeah Oh my, and I can't stop looking at it for some reason. Like whenever, whenever that scene comes on, um, 
Yeah. So then you have this basically the uh, Whistler's uh, death. What did you guys think of this? Um, I, I, to be honest, aside, it's funny. I noticed the blood thing too, mainly because I grew up and still continue to have nosebleeds. So I'm familiar with like having to sop up blood yeah. not to get too graphic. It's not fun. And seeing the amount that was there and also the way that he was dabbing it, I'm like, that's not going to do anything. No one's getting clean that way. You need no. to get some water, apply a little cold compress at the back of the neck. Anyways. Um, but the way that the way that Whistler kind of goes out, give me the goddamn gun. Yeah. He almost called him a bitch. Like there's no way Chris <laughs> Christopherson didn't almost call him a bitch. Yeah. Um, I thought it was good. I thought I, I thought it was as good of a way for that character to go. And it's kind of shocking. You don't see that coming that yeah. in what feels like a franchise that a one of the big players in such a franchise could go so early. Right. It just it didn't seem like it was coming. But I mean, it did. And yeah. Antoine, yeah. any thoughts? I think he went too soon. Um, yeah, I think so, yeah. too. I think he went too soon. I, yeah, I like Whistler. Um I, I think he's a great character. I think he I think he just went out too soon. Yeah, I agree. Um, I would have I would have been okay if he stayed one more scene. Like if he, you know, he wrote or died with with Blade at the last scene and yeah, you know, and then he got he got taken at the last scene. I would have been okay with that. But like the kind of the way he went out was kind of like mm, you need you yeah. need to give Blade motivation. I understood the reason for it, but I was like, he still went out too early. Yeah. yeah. I, I agree. I think they built a very likable character in Whistler, and that's I think that's a lot of the reason why, I mean, spoiler alert, but in Blade yeah. 2, Whistler does come back. Um, but uh, but I agree. I, I, I remember watching it for, when I watched it for the first time, even now, just the level of damage that was done to him, it's it's shocking because like he takes the he takes the cloth off of his face and that initial reveal, it's blade that's in focus and he is out of focus. So you can't see all of like anything that's really happened. You just see, it's just a bloody, he just looks like hamburger face, you know, mm -hmm. like he's just absolutely uh, ruined. So uh, yeah. So I think it's still, it's still effective, but you're, I, I agree with you hundred percent. It's, it just happened too soon. Yeah. Um, so uh, blade ignores the, uh, the warnings that his blood is the key to bringing La Magra back uh, to this world and he starts prepping to uh, basically save Karen and kill Deacon Frost. Uh, this scene, I just have a question for you guys. It's very meditative. Mm -hmm. This scene's got this music. Um, it's almost like a like a like a meditative sound playing over top. Uh, and then he grabs this flower or plant and he chops the roots off. Do you guys? I honestly, I have no idea what this is about. And I've always just kind of shrugged and I was like, oh, okay, well, that's a thing. I have no, and I was watching the movie too. I'm like, what is, I know, I'm just wanting to get your take. Does anybody have any thoughts on what that is or why he's doing that? I got two things. One, he just is not very good at gardening and thought that was a good idea. Um, sure. The other, the other thought is maybe it was representing him cutting, completely trying to cut his roots off, the roots that are him as a vampire. Okay, maybe it's a stretch. I, I, Symbolism, I, yeah. I, I still don't. I, I see that scene too, and he does that specifically with his kind of lazy eye, and it's just, it's all very strange to me. I just, I don't get it. Yeah. Wesley Snipes has some very beautiful eyes, by the way. They're very hazel. Yes, they are. Nice very looking hazel. eyes. Nice, nice peepers he's got. Sorry, Antoine, I interrupted you with my. No, uh, no, no, that's fine. Um, yeah. 
I don't know. I think kind of like Justin, like twofold. Like one, it's him cutting off the the roots. But I don't. I when I first saw it, I thought he was going to use those roots, and I thought there was some kind of special rooted vegetable or something like that that he can use to make some kind of <laughs> special serum to kill these guys better. But, oh my god, that's so that that would have been. <laughs> You know, that's that what made I a lot thought. more sense like when I first watched it. Like I thought he was making those some kind of special chemical thing. There's you know, a there's then, a deleted scene where like he just puts them in a blender. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah like, the blender scene. <laughs> making a smoothie just. <laughs> <laughs> ah, let's go kill like, me some vampires. Yeah, like first 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 go around, I thought he was that's what he was making. He was making some kind yeah. of special thing, right? Why would it be underneath a plant? Um, yeah. Why yeah. else would you cut the the limbs off? But then. Hearing Justin say that, I was like, "Yeah, you know, it's probably him cutting off his roots of being yeah. who he is." And I guess, like with Whistler gone too, like now that Whistler's dead, he doesn't have anything that really ties him. Like he, he was because Whistler, but basically was like his father figure, mm-hmm. and like with Whistler gone, like his he has no more roots. Like he's yeah. like he's fully devoted to like doing this next task, and if he dies, he dies. Basically, yeah. I guess I guess I can I get that. Um, Anyway, so then we get a lobby shootout scene. Again, another very sort of Matrixy sort of scene. It's not as long as the one in the Matrix, but it is a lobby scene filled with cops and Blade bursts in and he basically shoots everyone. There's no slow motion in this scene, but it does have one really great shot that's always stuck with me. I always like that with the water, like the waterfalls coming down in the lobby scene. And he's shooting everyone, and there's one cop that's on the ground, and he's holding up the shotgun to the to the cop's face. And the cop isn't a vampire. Um, and he's like, he's just, please, please. He says, I just work for them. And it flashes to, like, Whistler's bloody corpse, and he basically pulls the trigger and blows this guy's head off. And I always thought that was a really powerful moment because it's true, like, these... You know, on one hand, they've done something so horrific to Blade, but on the other hand, these guys are human. Like a lot of these guys are not vampires; they are familiars. So this, and that comes back into play, interestingly enough, in the third movie, where you know they they use that uh, as a plot device. But it is something that makes you think. It gives you just enough to be like, oh yeah, I, it's reminding you. The movie's reminding you that these are not all vampires. Some of them are actually human. Right. Um, and then we get a really fun hand-to-hand fight where Blade just, you know, gets rid of all his guns. Again, just to stay in shape for whatever reason. <laughs> and he, and he, he comes in and he fights these two uh, vampires who also left their guns somewhere and came in with electrical batons. And uh, he kills... I don't know if you notice this in this fight, in this hallway fight, which I think is really well choreographed. And it's, it's cool. It's fun. It's short and fun. But... He fights one, he fights the other, and they both get pushed off a little bit. And he does this thing where he's like, and he kind of like, he kind of just like stretches his arms out, like as if he's getting ready for like an aerobics like thing. Where That's why I kind of think that it's almost like he's trying to stay in shape because he kind of has this moment where he's like getting ready to, ready to like do some aerobics or something. So anyway, he fights these guys and then he uses the EDTA on them. And I fucking love this scene. I love how insane this is and this matches kind of like the pearl aspect where it's this this gritty realism to this movie but then moments of absolute like a fantastical horrific things layered on top like dragonetti exploding unexpectedly or like pearl just being this massive massive vampire and then these guys 
not only do their heads explode, but they they go full like big trouble in little China, like thunder death, where their heads like balloon out and explode. And it's absolutely disgusting. And I love it. You guys have any thoughts on this one? I love how he walks away and lets yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's right. The blood comes from the bottom and then the blood yeah. comes from the side. He could have been standing in front of those explosions. It would have been fine. He wouldn't yeah. have gotten any blood on him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. Um, then we get the next scene, uh, which is. Um, oh, by the way, well, what I uh, another thing is the next scene is kind of like uh, I guess Deacon Frost's bedroom. It's a modern sarcophagus. I don't know if you guys. Uh, no, sorry, sarcophagus, um, coffin, I guess is the word. Yeah. <clears throat> but you see um, in the background, it's like this really high tech, basically, uh, coffin that basically it comes down and opens up. You see it earlier in the movie as well. It's another really creative thing that I think they did when modernizing the vampire myth. It's like, why would they still be sleeping in coffins? They don't have to do that if they have lots of money. If they're very influential, they'll just get the dopest technology and sleep in like really opulent settings, you know. Uh, and then uh, Blade meets his mother, which is one twist, okay, and then an unnecessary second twist, which does has really no bearing on the film at all. And I really think they just I don't even know why it's in there that Deacon Frost was the one that bit his mother while she was pregnant and turned her. Um, what do you guys think about this? Um, yeah, I just, it was a twist. I, it didn't really, I don't really have many thoughts about it, to be honest. I thought it was kind of neat, but that was basically where it starts and end. If it wasn't there, I wouldn't have missed it. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it was just another plot point that Deacon Frost is not a very good villain. Yeah, it's it's yeah. very unimaginative. They, they had to add depth to him. That's a very yeah. good point. They had to try and add depth to him as kind of a side point. Like, oh, by the way, he's actually a lot more bad in your world than you thought he was. It's just, meh. yeah, it's yeah. very unimaginative. I I completely agree. Uh, and then this is where we take a sharp one eighty on this movie, where they go completely to crazy town, and we are introduced to the insane mythological elements uh to this to the to the film which has been mostly grounded mm-hmm. so far uh we get taken to this unexplained like archaeological dig site which i don't know where it came from i think frost has a throwaway line where he's like oh these guys forgot where this temple was located but you know i guess he's implying that he found it somehow whatever um, and I think that this is where I think some, you know, some folks are going to get lost here because you've got this, it, the movie changes gears in a big way here in this scene at the, at the temple. Um, the movie doesn't ease into it at all. Uh, we get, you know, we get uh, Blade who is succumbing to uh, his thirst because he doesn't have his um, serum. And uh, we get what's another really uh, terrific horror scene, in my opinion, in Zombie Curtis, uh, where they introduce another little twist on vampirism, where it's like, yeah, sometimes you get turned, sometimes you don't, uh, and sometimes it it reacts differently to different people, and sometimes people just turn into these weird zombie things, and you meet Zombie Curtis, because Karen gets thrown into a into a uh, cave, I guess, yeah. here, and he meets Zombie Curtis, 
And I thought I remember as a kid watching this, that this scene scared the shit out of me. Like he's basically like a ghoul. Like this vampirism virus did not do what it does to other people. It basically messed him up and now he eats anything. And they've been like, it's clear they've been keeping him down there for a while. And they've been like throwing him random chunks of food and people and other vampires and things like that down there. Um, you guys have a take on this? I liked it a lot. I actually like I like seeing that there's there are other fates that aren't just vampirism um, after a bite, and that there are weird things that can happen. I just thought it was a really cool idea. Yeah, they Different. made it seem like it was a mutation. Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like just because you get bit doesn't mean you're going to be super strong and and good looking and yeah have fangs and, and drink blood and sleep at night and sleep during the daytime. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. And it looks like he's miserable, too, because there's that moment he actually recognizes her. And the way he says her name sends chills down. He's like, Karen, Karen. He's like screaming her name when she's getting out. I was like, oh, it's it's it's, uh, I thought it was I thought it was a really good scene. Um, So then we get this uh, we get this kind of uh, uh, where they take Blade's blood. He is freed by Karen because she gets out of this hole with Curtis in there. She gets out, frees uh, uh, Blade's blood by this time has been taken. And we have this very elaborate blood system thing where it la- where all of the 12, I think it's like 12 uh, yeah. pure bloods vampires are being sacrificed. And uh, this is when one of them is killed for, for saying something um you know uh, untoward to uh, one of the younger vampires and uh, like you said justin i'm like okay well uh what do, what do we do now we're down one aren't we like we need all 12 of these guys i thought and now we've got 11 so they don't really explain that they she oh, just kills no. them yeah um throws them, in, throws them into somebody else yeah <laughs> number one least likable character in this film i can't stand her anytime she's in a scene nor when she opens her mouth really hate her hate her to death really can't stand her <laughs> anytime she says anything i'm like you can't talk you shouldn't do that <laughs> i actually kind of i i i mean this is the only one i would i would mildly disagree i mildly disagree with you on because i i kind of liked it i liked her accent and i like the fact that again the fact that it's alluding to the vampires are from different places they speak different languages they're like all these different cultures um and that sort of alluded to that fact but uh she's also a villain so you know you're not supposed to like her that's not that's not why i don't like her i don't like her because anytime she literally said anything it drove me nuts i am really going to enjoy this now i'm like shut up shut up (laughs) shut up (laughs) who says that i don't care if you're a hero villain or just some like i couldn't i i can't i i cannot that was Number that was one pretty... least likable character in the movie. Interesting, interesting. And she almost fucked up Deacon Frost's short-sighted plan completely. She's lucky that they had another guy on deck. I guess he brought spares. Yeah, he brought... this <laughs> just stupid woman starts killing some of them for no reason. That's right. Also, <laughs> tactically, what is that fur coat doing for her? She's not going to be able to move well in that. Her, did you see her dress? It's super tight. It's low, so that means she's not going to be able to, you know move around very well i don't think she was expecting to fight too much well then why was she holding the sword ethel well yeah i mean she was handed the sword she wasn't like she wasn't no 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 she asked for it there's no way she didn't ask for that sword 
All right. All right. Why would you just give it to her? I don't know. He just needs someone to hold the sword. He doesn't have the scabbard. No, 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 no. He (laughs) he would have kept it for himself. She said, hey, man, you remember how I held your hand during the time where we lit Udo Care on fire? Unless he was holding Donald Logue's hand. I don't know. Somebody started (laughs) holding hands. They weren't clear because everybody was wearing the helmet. Somebody holding something. Yeah. imagine they're just watching that and then all of a sudden donald Oak just goes out and grabs deacon frost's hand and frost's like what it's kind of nice and then he realizes it's a new hand and he's like Ugh. oh yeah it's a brand new hand anyways I um there's no way you, she she definitely asked for the sword your ridiculous digression has reminded me that there was one thing i wanted to mention where deacon frost is talking to karen and talking about describing la magra being an active god and he's going to turn everyone yeah he said the blood god is an act of god, which is extremely redundant, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, so he there's a deleted scene here, and I don't know if you guys have seen it, where she asks explicitly, um, well, if everyone's turned, what are you gonna eat? Uh that and, was my and, question. Yeah. In this deleted scene, I think it's on YouTube and stuff, you could probably check it out, but in this deleted scene, he's like I'll show you. And he opens up basically a fridge and shows people in like blood bags, like basically people being kept alive, humans being kept alive strictly for production of blood. And that's it. Um, so it's a cool idea. They had, they, they filmed it. Uh, I guess they just trimmed it for time. Um, and I think one of the other reasons was they thought it looked a little goofy to see someone in a, on <laughs> a giant a blood blood bag. blood bag um but yeah it's cool that they actually they actually thought of that and they do bring that back in the uh in the third in the third movie it's also like a cool lead into i don't know if you guys have seen a movie called daybreakers uh with ethan hawk heard of it never seen it i don't think so oh uh i highly recommend it because basically daybreakers with ethan hawk is is that future it's exploring that future where the dominant species on the planet is our vampires and what the world would be like and how it would be run and does feature this concept of humans being a very rare commodity. Blood banks are basically the banks mm-hmm. and they contain people who are being kept alive strictly for the production of blood. Um, anyway, so small, small little aside there. Um so we get this ceremony that happens. We get some really, really, really awful CGI blood here, guys. Just really, really bad. Really mm-hmm. bad. Um, but it lands on their foreheads. And then uh, it gets, they get this. I Personally, I love, I love this, but I see how this might not work for a lot of people, especially with the grounded movie that we've had so far. But then you get the, cra- the crazy starts happening where the souls of these pure blood vampires rip themselves out of their bodies. And they are, they're not angels. They're bats. I always thought it was kind of goofy, but it's like, yeah, like it's bone like bats it's or something like that. Right? Yeah, they're like bone bats, and I don't know if you noticed this when they're coming out of their mouths. Basically, the spirits, it's the bone bat who has a skull, but it's inside the skull of the person. Yeah, right. So it's like a skull within a skull, and then it forces itself out and starts flying around. Man, they just went to crazy town here. I think people's mileage may vary, but I was just, I was all, I was into it. I'm like, let's just, let's do this. Let's, let's get crazy, right? Let's get crazy. So you got these crazy bats flying around. They all fly into Deacon Frost. He becomes La Magra. Blade is freed. 
has this crazy action scene leading up to fighting Deacon Frost and eventually he uh, he kills Deacon Frost using EDTA, that anticoagulant, uh, uh, and blows him up, um, basically. So what do you guys think of this whole climax action sequence? You want to start off, Antoine? Yeah, sure. I'll go first. Sure. Um, yeah. No, it's good. It's good. Um, fight scenes again. Awesome. The, the the fight scene at the end when he when they're the, the sword battle is is fucking amazing. The choreography for that is fantastic. And then also when he cuts those two guys in half and he wants oh no, not the two guys. He cuts one guy in half to get his sunglasses back. Oh yeah, he cuts his head off. <laughs> yeah, or his head the, off. Uh, yeah. yeah, he cuts it off with the uh the, the I guess the fishing I don't know yeah, how to fishing, fishing line. line, fishing line. Yeah. yeah. Fucking amazing. Um but yeah the whole spirit bat thing yeah eh, didn't really work for me. Yeah, but yeah, I can I, see that. Yeah. yeah, I I don't know how it would work any other way though. Like I can't I can't tell you how it's I could made it better. Right. I, I, I don't have a vision for that. Um but I get what they're going for. Like they obviously all the spirits have to go into one person. And I guess they couldn't use like ghosts or anything like that, but they mm -hmm. have to use some kind of energy change or something like that to make him that strong. Yeah. Um the CG in the scene is dodgy. The 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 blood is dodgy at best yeah that, that's it is the one, just... that's the one part of this movie that aged horribly was that yes. final scene with all the blood absolutely um, absolutely i felt it, like they could have probably just used like corn syrup and, and food coloring and it would have been a lot better <laughs> i think most of the shots of the blood falling on their foreheads is is real it's like the one sh there's a there's maybe two or three shots where the camera's going underneath that sam that drip dripper yeah. blood dripper thing and the sh those those things are are uh, cg and the crazy snake blood thing like at on yeah. the ceiling and i'm like oh my god guys but you know again you know if you look at movies from that time there is there are other movies that that use that type of cgi but they use it way more like during the entire movie i think that this one is fairly contained in this in this scene you're uh it is bad cgi but it's not all over the movie yeah, yeah no, no 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 yeah um well, you know, that's it for me <laughs> yeah one, one thing i'll call out is is the use of edta and the misdirection around and they establish it right away when they capture him thinking that that is his serum and they don't understand that it's a weapon very cool i like that i thought that was such a good twist and it ended up paying off in a very stylish way the way that he throws the sword up the way it explodes out using that gimmick the the the, the, the uh, what is it the security or the booby trap on the sword yes itself, yeah in, an, in an in in a direct offensive way yeah and the way he catches it behind him for some reason holding up his ninja thing like this but the way that the he catches it, buddy. super, super stylish. And also the way that I'm trying to remember what other Spartan, I mean, maybe I'm thinking of another movie, but the way that he throws the first one and how it goes in so easily. And then the other ones are the, all of the rest of them, except for the last one um, is that weird kind of hyper cut. I, I, yeah. Hyper cut. Yeah, the, That's the the hyper, I, I didn't know how like, to describe it. Yeah. Yeah. Where you can hear that the, the throwing actions are happening and the way the camera's just being jerked around on him. Um, 
look who's doing it now. Whoops. <laughs> and anyways, the, the way that, and then he lands and everything stuck on. It was just, I, I love the way that it was, it was executed. It felt like something you'd see out of a, a out of a really neat anime or something like that. It, you're, and, that's a good way yeah. of putting it. I hadn't 100%. seen something like that on film before. Not like that. Yeah. And then you get the best line of the film of, Let's talk about some it. motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill, which is a thing I've never seen. I typically don't see ice in a hill formation, and I don't see well. I see to skate up it. I but see. I understand ice, what he's trying to say. I yeah. see ice on on hills, like icy hills. Yeah, I've but, never tried to skate up said hill, but I imagine. I imagine that it is incredibly difficult if not impossible like i can't see how that that would work right like you can't so i think the point is is that it is it's impossible and some some folks are just trying to do it some motherfuckers might tell you that they can do it but they're always trying <laughs> some other x games think they can probably do it they yeah. probably can you just get a good good um, runway going get real fast guys um, i'm not gonna lie to you the first like 10 times I watched this movie because I loved it so much. I had no idea what the fuck he said. There are what? so many, there are so many words. Okay. Taglines or one liners in action movies are meant to be short, concise, right? This is so long and so wildly esoteric. I didn't even know what he said for the longest time. Some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. And I, I just didn't, I didn't understand. I'm like, what did he say? I'm like, I don't know. But he kicks this dart into that guy's forehead. Yeah, I saw that shit. That was amazing. I don't know what the fuck he just said before that, but whatever, right? It was only much later that I decided to look it up. And I, I read it and I'm like, even after I read what he said, I'm like, what? Why does he say this? Like, it's such a strange line to have. And I, I swear to God, it's the strangest action one-liner i've ever heard i don't think i've ever heard another line that's this weird and esoteric um which i think that's why it kind of has this reputation for being like when people think of this movie that line always comes up because it's so weird <laughs> it's such a strange line um couple of couple of highlights from this fight uh uh where he gets his glasses back and that becomes a thing like they do that in the second movie where he gets his glasses back um, I love that. That's like a running theme through through these movies. Uh, guess the glasses back. He rips out some highlights. He rips a guy's throat out and throws it in another guy's face. So I always <laughs> like that moment. I don't know if you guys noticed that. He rips this guy's throat yeah. out. He's like, ah, and then he takes that chunk of flesh that you ripped out and throws it in some other guy's face and slaps him like right after that. It's great. Um, <laughs> Another scene where there's a guy on the, he's so angry. He's looking for frost. He's yelling frost. There's a guy on the floor and he just starts yeah. kicking him. I don't yeah. know if he starts doing this yeah. thing with his hands where he's just kicking him. He's like frost and he keeps kicking him and he kicks him so hard that he kicks him onto like the next level of the uh, temple. <laughs> so I would love that scene. That was a great, that was a great moment. And then uh, the last one that's really, that's really fun is that there's one guy he faces off against but for whatever reason, they have this like roundhouse off. Yes. Where they're just yeah. doing roundhouses. Terrible. <laughs> it's just like, they're what? not even close to each other. Just, yeah. It's, it's just like, like competitive could... dance at that point. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a dance off. Yeah. 
at that point. Uh, also a great moment. But if and if you watch carefully, there's a guy in the background, and he's just like standing there, getting ready to like fight Blade. He's the break dancer coming in. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, he's just getting ready. But it's clear that he was. It, it was. It was. That was a mistake. They weren't supposed to because he. I guess he was getting ready to like do his part of this fight he's just like in the back getting ready and he's he's only there for a second or two but i noticed it this time around it was really funny to see the guy just getting ready he's like okay getting ready to get my ass kicked let's go <laughs> right um but yeah that was that was a fun fight uh sword fight was cool um you're right chops him in half the blood stitches him back together oh it's terrible and then his hand and he gets an extreme close-up with the hand coming back it's like mm-hmm. yeah and uh and his crack yeah. cocaine fucking running around where he's like my turn he just starts running back and forth and stuff. i'm like why don't yeah. you just walk up to him there's yeah. a lot of running there yeah, that was yeah. a lot of running and silly. and uh he kills him with the edta and he he explodes um i don't know i just noticed it in this movie as well because uh deacon frost has a line earlier when he's talking to donald Logue's character and he's like Donald Logue's trying to explain to Deacon Frost how much of a badass blade is. And he's like, okay, you know, he's got the sword. And he's like, and then and then he interrupts him. He's like, yeah, yeah, he's got the sword. He throws it in the air. Yeah, he catches it behind his back underneath. He's like, yeah, shut the fuck up. And he interrupts him. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he does exactly what he described in this scene. He throws his sword up in the air. Yes. And he catches something behind his back like this. And I'm like, that's exactly. Well, he did. He does exactly what it is. He yeah. does exactly. He does, it's a word for word. Yeah, it's so yeah, funny. It was I never I made that it. connection until I saw it just just today when I was watching it in preparation for the podcast. I didn't notice that connection. Um. Uh. Right. There was one last. Oh yes. So, an entire other ending was filmed for this. Uh, have you guys seen that? Yeah, I think I, I have. Yeah. It's not good. Yeah, no, it's not. Um, they tested the movie with that original ending, and they got terrible review, like terrible response from their test test audiences. So, in a nutshell, what happens is instead of all of the the sacrifice of the uh, the purebloods, basically, and Frost becoming La Magra, La Magra shows up, and Frost becomes this a part of this like whirlwind of blood. It becomes exactly what he describes, and act he says like a hurricane. Yeah. Right. And it's this hurricane of blood and Blade gets caught in it and uh, he ends up cutting the EDTA uh, and bursting it from the vials and it mixes with the blood and basically the whole hurricane dissipates. It's kind of like it's kind of like, you know, in uh, in the Silver Surfer, Fantastic Four, uh, the rise of the Silver Surfer and like not getting Galactus and just getting like a giant fucking tornado. Yeah. Instead, and then having that like tornado just like disappear. Um, that's kind of what this ending was. You just got this gelatinous hurricane of blood, and then it just dissipates and, and goes away. Um, you can probably watch it on YouTube, it's out there. Uh, with that CG, but I'm not gonna want to watch that. It's again. no, no, it's, it's not, not pretty. Two minutes of your time. Uh, it, you know, I okay, I'll I wouldn't go. say it's not worth uh, it. Go. I think it's interesting to watch to see what they came up with first. If, if, you know, if that's kind of like your bag. By the way, this is one of the first collector's edition DVDs that ever came out. And it's one of the first ones that I bought along with The Matrix and The Mummy, Brendan Fraser's The Mummy, some of the first DVDs that I ever owned. And this one was the first one that had special features, making of documentaries, commentaries, the works. I watched so much of that stuff, which is why 
you know, I know about this ending because I saw the the alternate ending on the uh, on the DVD. That one, that one, I've I've ground to dust. I just bought a new a uh, new version of it for on 4K because my DVD is just like scratched to hell because I watched it so much. Um, anyway, so then we get the very end of the movie where we find Blade. He refuses to take the cure that uh, that uh, she Karen has cooked up for him because it'll take his powers away. And then we find him in Russia and the movie ends with him attacking a Russian vampire and we get the end of the movie. So that is Blade. General thoughts, anything we didn't cover, anything you guys want to talk about? I think we covered it all. I think we covered everything. I'm pretty sure this podcast is longer than the movie. Yeah, because it finished in the background there. Yeah, it finished in the background. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just thought the the plot synopsis would be the easiest way to go on this movie. So sorry about the length, guys, but I thought it was worth having the conversation since we love the movie so much. on this watch, uh, I think that all of the problems that uh, existed with this movie back then exist now. It's got some weird, it's got some crazy plot holes. Uh, maybe not a, like a, an extremely strong villain, but I think it's like creativity, the action, um, the vision, like the visuals, and just hyper stylization that I think all allow it to play super well, even right now. I enjoy the movie. I enjoyed watching the movie even now. I don't think it's really lost any of its luster. How do you guys feel? It hasn't. It's 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 good as it is now as it was when it first came out. In, in my opinion, yeah. I think it could hold a candle to any of the movies that come out nowadays. You know, if they they can fix some of the CG issues, it'll hold mm-hmm. a candle to all the new movies that are coming out right now. Cool. I yeah, think it still does. It 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 holds yeah. up remarkably well. I think that. Uh, what's the actor's name that's gonna going to be playing Blade in the MCU? Mershala, Mershala, Ali. Yeah. yeah, he's he's got big shoes to fill. Wesley Snipes is. I feel like he's always going to be kind of that. He's going to be kind of the Michael Keaton of of this Blade role from from whoever else embodies this character from now. I mean, we've had we've had uh, Snipes, we've had Sticky Fingers was was Blade in a TV series, which I've never seen. But yeah. It didn't look terrible. Like it looked like it. I, I, think, I don't know whether or not it was any good, but it I think I saw the pilot. Scene. I think I saw the pilot. I remember yeah. not not was, being happy not with the pilot. It. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Stick, sticky. I liked him as a as a rapper. What, what group was he part of? Was he part of Onyx? I feel like I he was remember. like part of Onyx or whatever. And I used to I used to listen to them all the time. When I found out Sticky Fingers was going to be played, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Maybe he might have the look, but like the voice is just, yeah. you know, it's it's all off. But yeah, that's uh, it's something I was thinking about digging up just to, you know, check it out and see and see uh, see what it was like. There was one other thing I wanted to bring up. And uh, one of the things that that people keep saying about some of our modern like uh, superhero films in particular about Logan and about uh, Deadpool and about uh, Black Panther. Uh, They talk about Black Panther being the first superhero movie led, led by like a black star. Uh, And in that, and I'm like, well, well, I mean, like that's not, I mean, I feel like blade. Yeah. I feel blade fills that fills that role pretty good. They talk about Logan and uh, Deadpool being like the first R-rated superhero movies. And like, this is some kind of revelation. I'm like, well, no, Blade was also R-rated. 
and it's very R-rated. It is, uh, and I think that's one of its biggest strengths to to me. I think that the 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 stylized violence and gore and all of that stuff is like the biggest strength. So I feel like um, you know whenever someone brings up the fact those those facts, I'm like, guys, you got to check out Blade. Like you got to yeah. check this movie out. You know, mm-hmm. feel like you're missing out. Um, that's it, man. That's all I got. I got ex- I had exhaustive notes on this one, guys. So sorry for. Sorry for being oh. such a nerd, but uh, you know I had to let it all out. I had to let it all out, put it on a recording, so that uh, so that you know somebody's like, "Hey, man, how do you feel about Blade?" I'll be like, "Yo, just listen to this two-hour podcast." <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say, like, going into the new Blade with Michelle Ali, I just want to have Disney do us some fan service and just give us Blade as like Whistler or yes, maybe Whistler's oh, dead, and then Blade, old man Blade, is going to train new Blade. Like, yeah, give us something where Wesley Snipes is still kind of in it. Not, I would love to see Wesley in the new in the new Blade yeah. as like that role, that kind yeah. of like, like as a as a make him make him Whistler. Like I know you can't have another Blade because obviously that's a very hard concept to reintroduce as a, another Blade is born. Right, but you know, like make him Whistler, make make that situation happen for us. Yeah, I. I'm on board with that. Yeah. Um, one of the one of the concepts for a sequel for Blade was one that I just I think would be incredible is the post apocalyptic future mm. where where vampires have become the dominant species and basically it's like a Mad Max like scenario with Blade still operating but it's almost like this resistance like basically Mad Max X maybe like Terminator kind of future Terminator thing. Uh, with you know blade clean shaven head i love the tattoos that come up on the back of his neck but they were talking about tattoos like going all the way because i think in the comic books you know you know who tim bradstreet is you yeah. guys know who that is yeah the artist who did like punisher and stuff maybe he's just some a lot of the times draws punisher as thomas jane he's drawn he's drawn him like photorealistic anyway he would he did a couple of covers for blade where he was fully like his his head was shaven and he had tattoos coming like all the way over his head, like full, full, like covering his body. Um, This post-apocalyptic Mad Max Terminator future thing, I would, oh man, I would eat that up. I think that that would be amazing. That'd be sick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I, but I agree. I having Snipes back as, as a mentor would be so, so dope in my opinion. Give us something like, yeah, some connection, some kind of connection and bringing it back. Like this. Yeah. And, okay, and how you do it, just give it to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. And one, one thing, one other thing to note about the new Blade, like it's probably going to be PG-13. Oh, um, <laughs> and uh, I actually don't have a lot against PG-13. Like I love, there are a lot of horror films that I've seen that are PG-13 or even like comic book films, the, like the Justice League anime, like the DC direct video animated stuff, the TMNT, yeah. even like Batman stuff, animated stuff. PG-13, you can go pretty far with that. And like, Agreed. and I, I, I think that that works for a lot of, but I, 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 in particular for Blade, I do think the creative stylist, stylist, stylized gore of all three movies is, is like, is quintessential to a, to a success. In my opinion, yeah. I feel yeah. like that's, it's needed. It's really needed to reset it apart, to make it different. Um, so I'm kind of like, I'm kind of apprehensive about that pg-13 rating but i'm not going to write it off at all of course i'm going to be like the first in line to see this movie and i think they can do a lot with it but i just i feel like they're 
they're trying to do this with one arm tied behind their back. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll have I to think, see. I think they can get away with it. I mean, Buffy the Vampire Slayer was a TV show that was on basically with the same concept, just a lot less blood. You can get away with probably a lot without having to go into the gore aspect of it, especially with characters or, or villains that essentially turn to dust when they are dispatched. So you don't necessarily, I mean, granted, they're vampires that drink blood, so you're probably going to need a little bit of that. But at the same time, it doesn't need to be overly gory. You can get away with probably quite a bit using just the audience's imagination and some really good dis, uh, disintegration effects. So I think it could work. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree. But the only thing I'd fire back with is the stuff that I, that's creative that I love about this movie. A lot of it is tied to that creative use of gore. Like to that creative use of blood and where they were willing to go with a lot of the, like I was talking about those taboo areas that I hadn't experienced when I was a kid watching this, like they would not be able to go to some of those places on an, on an uh, PG 13 rating. But I agree with you. I think they can be super creative. I mean, even like the TMNT Batman, the, the violence in that was like, I was, some guy gets his head cut off in that. Yeah, he does. Like, what the hell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, no, you're right. I think that they can be creative about it. I just feel like something's going to be lost. Eh, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's all I had, guys. All right. Yeah. I think Get we're good to close it off. All right, man. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Um, you know, hope hope to get the other uh, episodes for the other for the other Blade movies up because these are all very very different movies, different directors. Um, and, uh, I think that, uh, I think that it's really fun to, to talk about them at this level of, uh, level of depth because they're Absolutely. so, they're so different from each Absolutely. other. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, this has been Otto. This has been Justin. And Antoine. There we go. And, uh, yeah, thank you all for listening or watching. If you're watching this on YouTube, thank you very much. Have a good rest of your day. See you guys. Cheers. All right. Bye everyone.